With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. And he says, be Miramnate. Do not be Miramnate. Something like that. For anything or for nothing in your life. Just don't, don't, don't get all tied up in knots about stuff. And so if I'm you, I'm thinking, okay, but... You know, don't we need to worry about some things? Don't we need to be concerned about some things? Yes, be concerned. No, don't worry. That's what I think Paul would say. Because that same word, merimnate, he also uses in Philippians 2. Okay, Philippians was a letter that he wrote to a particular church. And so in Philippians 2, he's talking about how he wants to send one of his ministry associates, Timothy, to check on the church since he can't get out and check on them. And, and he describes Timothy, look at this verse, he says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern. Guess what the Greek word that is translated into English, genuine concern, happens to be? Merimnate. But here it's translated genuine concern because, you know, you can have the same situation, but the way you deal with it determines whether or not it's a genuine concern or a needless anxiety. Come on, somebody, it's pretty preaching. So part of this being brave is about learning to discern in your life between a, a, a genuine concern and a needless anxiety. But I would say to you that sometimes you can interpret the same event in both of those ways. So you can turn a genuine concern into a needless anxiety by the way you approach it. Because it's the same word. And so sometimes you go through a situation and you deal with it. And you handle it with strength. You're brave about it. That's a genuine concern. Sometimes you go through a situation and you're tied all up in knots about stuff you can't do much about anyway. That's a needless anxiety. Wisdom will show you the difference. The difference between needless anxiety and genuine concern. And here's how you can do it. Here's how you can do it. Be anxious for no thing. I was talking to a friend one time and... This was many years ago. He spilled orange juice on his computer while he was on the phone with me one morning. But he was so calm about it. He said, oh, hang on a second. And he was gone a long time on the phone. I said, what happened? He said, I just spilled a whole glass of orange juice on my computer. It's not working anymore. I said, and you're not using profanity? <laughs> and he said, no, it's nothing but a thing. It's, it's nothing but a thing. Hey, this guy isn't a billionaire. He said, it's nothing but a thing. If they can fix it, they fix it. If they can't, they can't. It's nothing but a thing. I thought, I, I want that. Do you remember that phrase we used to say it a lot when, when I was coming up? We used to say, ain't nothing but a thing. And, and I think Paul's trying to get us to see here in Philippians 4, be anxious for no thing. Be concerned about the state of your soul. Be concerned about the state of your children's soul. Be concerned about God's work in the world. That's a genuine concern. But when it comes to the things, you got to learn to look at some things in your life and just say, hey, nothing but a thing. It's nothing but a thing. 
Let me show you this in Romans. Paul is talking in Romans about some pretty heavy stuff. And he says, verse 31, Romans chapter 8, What then shall we say in response to these? Say it out loud. Every location, say it out loud. In response to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what gives me courage sometimes when I feel opposed. I just say, well, if God's on my side, I'm good. And if he's not, I'm in trouble. So, so it really doesn't matter what they're saying about me. It just matters what God sees in me. Because if he's for me, who can be against me? Take a number, line up. It won't matter because I'll still be standing. And you can have that confidence as God's child. It's not cocky. It's just confidence. That's what Paul's saying. It's, it's just a thing. He said, it's a, it's a thing. Look at the next verse. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? It's nothing but a thing. Skip to verse 37. He starts listing some things. He says, no, in all these we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What kind of things are you talking about, Paul? Spilling orange juice on the computer, big deal. No, I'm convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons. This is heavy stuff. Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor any... Let me just put a blank here so you can fill it in. Nor anything else in all creation, bankruptcy, joblessness, homelessness, addiction, whatever, will be able to separate us, nor any... Oh, I love it. Nor anything else, nor any, you see it, nor any thing else, nor any thing else. Reach everybody you can reach and tell them a number the thing. It ain't number the thing. It ain't nothing but a thing. This is a thing. Be anxious for no thing. I want you to do that this week now. When you're faced with something, and if it doesn't fit in Paul's list, that's what the blank is for. That's what the anything is for, is nothing but a thing. And shift over from needless anxiety to genuine concern, controlling what you can and trusting God where you can't. Easier said than done, but that's our goal in this series. And I'll help you week by week if you'll come back. If you don't, you, you, uh, I won't be able to help you. <laughs> but watch this, another way to look at it, another way to look at it. Anxious for nothing. Come on, say it out loud. I'm anxious for nothing. Yeah, that's a good goal to have, right? But isn't it also a statement of reality about how many times in our lives we've been anxious for nothing? And think about it. It's, um, I'm just playing with the phrase a little bit. I enjoy doing this. I was thinking, how many times... Have the people in our church, have I as a pastor, have we as a family, been tied up in knots, marimnate, for something that turned out to be anxious for nothing? We were freaking out the other day because somebody that's close to me, they rent a home and one of their neighbors told them that the home that they're renting is about to get sold out from under them. And 
this person spent the next week freaking out, losing sleep, not eating very much. And I know that you say, well, it's not a big deal, get another place. But this person is, you know, over the age of 60, kind of settled into this place and was just thinking, well, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know what to do for a week till they found out that the nosy neighbor that told them the rumor had actually misinterpreted what the owner of the home had come by and said, which was, if my husband died, I could see myself maybe selling the home one day. Now, you know the telephone game where I tell you something, you tell her, and she tells her, and he tells him, and she tells him. And by the end of the row, it gets from, if they die, then one day I might sell this house to, we're going to sell the house tomorrow. You need to find another place to live. You're out on the streets. And it creates anxiety. And I was talking to this person. They said, I wish I could get my sleep back that I lost for nothing. I wish I could get all that, that, those moments that I was planning about stuff and scenarios that weren't even upon me yet, that might be upon me. I like what Joyce Meyer says. She says, worry is down payment on a problem you may never even have. <laughs> Thank you, Joyce. We appreciate the help. Because sometimes you're anxious for nothing. I go out of town um, for a couple weeks every summer in June because you get tired of my preaching and need to hear other people. And so I go away, and I, I don't, and, but while I'm gone, about the first week it feels good, second week feels good, third week feels good. But about the fourth week I'm freaking out because I haven't been to church, and I don't feel, I wonder, like, is the church still there? Are they still showing up? And I watch online and stuff, but it's just not the same. And I'm like, is everything cool? Has he back uh, started a, uh, his, his own church uh, while I was gone? And I don't ever wonder that. He's awesome. But I understand, like, your mind can go to all these crazy places, and it's like, what, what's going on back home at the church? And this, this summer we gone and I sent a text to one of our team members um, named Chunks and I know his name is Chunks and uh, I sent a text to him and uh, I said everything cool back home and 10 minutes went by <laughs> 10 minutes in I'm thinking oh no there, there's there's and I have some scenarios 30 minutes went by this guy usually responds quick I pay him to <laughs> an hour went by by the second hour, I had so many scenarios in my mind. I won't mention them to you here. It's a little embarrassing. Let's just say there was no church left. All of our campuses had simultaneously burned to the ground. The fire department didn't get back in time. And then two hours later, I finally get a text. Like two hours, ten minutes later, I finally get a text. So sorry I missed you. Been in the mountains. No cell signal. Everything's never been better. I forgot it was Friday. It was the day off back home for our church staff. And here I am with my family on vacation, anxious. Why aren't they responding? Must be something wrong. Must be something real wrong. It's never taken them this long before. I'm going back and checking the timestamp on the text. Did it go through? It went through. It says it was delivered at 12.57 p.m. Maybe I should get back on a plane. Maybe I should charter a flight. I can't wait for the commercial one. I gotta get back home. For nothing. I told you a, a scripture and a story. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're anxious for nothing. A lot of the times, most of the time, you find out later, all that was for nothing. So one day Jesus wanted to go on a trip, and he, he has his disciples prepare to take him where he needs to go. Look at Mark 4.35. It says, that day when evening came, here's the story, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Everybody say other side. 
Okay, remember that phrase. It'll come back in a moment. Leaving the crowd behind, Jesus has been teaching all day. He, he taught the parable of the sower and the soils and how the farmer goes out and scatters seed and some of it produces good fruit and some of it doesn't produce good fruit. And, and it just depends on, you know, whether or not the soil is good or whether it's thorny or whether it's rocky or whether the birds come and eat it. And he shared about the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. This is all in Mark 4. And then Jesus, after teaching all day, he gets tired, and he whispers to Peter. He's like, hey, man, i got to get out of here. Let's sneak out now. These crowds aren't going to let me go, but get the boat running. I'll be there in a second. And so they left the crowd behind, and they took him along just as he was because he didn't have time to go back and change. And so he, get, he gets in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. Now, you never hear anything else about the other boats, but it lets us know by, by putting that detail in that what Mark is giving us is, is, is an eyewitness account because Mark, would, the way he wrote his gospel, there's four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Mark would write down what Peter said. And that's why Mark's gospel tends to read a little faster than all the other ones because Peter gets right to the point, you know. Peter's the guy who's just all about the action. And so he's given the details to, to let us know this isn't just something I heard about. This is something from someone who was there. This is an eyewitness account. Because sometimes you don't need to hear about how to have bravery from people who have never been through anything that was difficult. Sometimes you don't want to hear advice from somebody who's never been through a broken season in their life about God's healing. Or who's never faced down a giant about how to stand in strength. So this is an eyewitness account now of a time when the disciples of Jesus were anxious for nothing. Now check this out. A furious squall came up, just out of nowhere. I've been studying a lot about the Sea of Galilee this week where this event happened, and it was notorious for unexpected storms because the Sea of Galilee is in a basin surrounded by mountains, and when the cold air pushes through, it creates furious squalls. Okay? And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You ever felt nearly swamped in your life? Like, I'm still showing up, but barely. I'm making it, and I'm smiling, but nobody knows what's really behind this smile. The things I think about, some days I just want to run away from it all. Maybe it's just me. Jesus was in the stern. Listen to what Jesus was doing. All-powerful, all-loving, compassionate, gracious Jesus, who if you call on him, he'll answer. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. I love the Bible's sense of humor. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you want to live? Don't you want us to live? Harkens back to the book of Jonah, doesn't it? Where Jonah, the prophet, was running away from God in Jonah chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And a great storm came upon the ship because Jonah was running away from God. And sometimes God will send a storm to get you back to the place and reroute you, to get you back on your assignment. You ought to thank God for some of the storms he sent. Because if he hadn't sent the storm, you'd have ended up in the wrong place. You were headed the wrong way. And he used the storm to turn you around. And, but in Jonah's case, it says all the sailors, verse 5, were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. And the captain went to him and said, man, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. And I'm thinking, man, Jonah was sleeping 
because he was complacent and didn't want to pursue God's purpose. Jesus was sleeping because he was confident and he knew I'm right where God wants me to be. So it stands the reason that there's no reason for me to get anxious now. So I might as well get some beauty sleep. Most of us have been swimming in the ocean before and got caught in the undertow. Maybe not to the point where your life was at risk, but it just pulls you. You feel, you feel a pull and you don't know what to do about scary it. scary feeling. We've all experienced that same undertow emotionally. Yeah. When anxiety and thoughts beneath the surface, it's not even necessarily things that are happening in your life. It's just the interpretations, the distortions, the what if, and right. what about... It can really pull you to a place where if you don't get help, you get stuck. Yeah. You run out of breath. You don't know what to do. I've been there. Yeah, You've too. been there. But help is on the way. When you learn to anticipate that anxiety is coming, it changes everything about how you approach it. Yeah. And this new series, When Anxiety Attacks, this is a good one. So good. This is the best of the best of the yeah. teachings that we have for you on fear, worry, anxiety, gratitude. It's a plan of action yep. for when that undertow of anxiety starts to show up. Not just relief, but a way out. The Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear. Yeah. But you have to have a plan. Yep. Today, would you take a step toward your peace, toward your joy, toward your wholeness? Mm. There's so much more you can receive with this DVD series. We have a gratitude practice journal. That alone will change your life as yeah. we walk you through what to do to end each day and begin each day at the right altitude. Yep. There's a bonus USB, even some more sermons that will teach you exactly what to do about paralyzing fear mm -hmm. and negative emotions. But you've got to call or go online, and you've got to do it now. You can't wait till the attack comes to make your plan to fight back. Do it now and make your gift while we explain more. You're underperforming. Your boss doesn't like you because you're not doing a very good job. You don't have what it takes. You are shaky at best. I am not enough. You're going to fail. without a plan to deal with the attacks when they come. Receive your copy of When Anxiety Attacks today.
or your boyfriend or girlfriend, so chill out. I'm not asking you to break up with somebody today. I'm talking about breaking up with comfortable Christianity. Join with us in worship. God is able. The live album experience recorded in Sydney. Don't miss this very personal worship experience with Hillsong Worship on the Hillsong Channel. Well, the Hillsong Channel is such a blessing to us and the opportunity to take television around the world. We're excited that the team that's with us and this is growing. By team, I mean you. And I would love you to become part of a subscription where we will send you a team box. In other words, every month you will get all sorts of books, resources, information that will help you to feel like you're part of our team and will help us to take this great message forward. Introducing the Hillsong Team Box, an exclusive monthly subscription that delivers everything Hillsong directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month, we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off, free shipping in the U.S., and no hidden fees, a combination of worship, books, T-shirts, apparel, devotionals, and more. Join a group of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. This conference is about the Church of Jesus Christ rising in its stature and the harvest. We can win our city. We can change the world. We can touch this nation. We go knowing that we've heard from heaven. Lord, I believe from here momentum will come with us being no momentum. Lord, we believe in Jesus' name. May nation be impacted eternally because, Father, we heard from you here. mountains, your mountains will speak to you. If you don't start speaking to the giants that are in your life, those giants are going to speak to you. Right? This is what happened with David and Goliath. Goliath was a big, massive giant. And all the Israelites were afraid of him. He had spoken and they ran and they were afraid because he spoke with such authority and boldness. But David didn't ignore the facts. Faith doesn't ignore the facts. Faith is big enough to handle the facts. And faith won't fix what you won't face. You've got to face those facts. Hi, I'm Paul. Almost 10 years ago, my dad, my hero, my pastor, passed away unexpectedly. He built a big church and left some pretty large shoes to fill. When he died, I didn't just lose my dad. I lost my faith. I lost my purpose and my future. But God showed up and restored my faith, and He gave me a message of hope to share with you. You're here on purpose. God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are right in front of you, and you have victory in your life because Jesus lives in you. Proverbs 18 says that life and death are in your tongue. You decide whether you bring life into the atmosphere or death into the atmosphere. Whether you entertain words of fear or you entertain words of faith. 
this last week I was working out, and uh, whether it looks like it or not, I was working out, and I was getting to the end of my workout, I was sweating, man, I was exhausted, I was drenched in sweat, we were doing like CrossFit activities, and if you don't know what CrossFit is, it's basically just non-stop intense uh, uh, exercises that get your, your muscles working and your body moving and you're sweating. And so I think I'm at the end of it. I, I, I think I'm finished. And the guy who's with me who goes to our church says, Paul, we're not finished yet. We got one last round of something. I got something special for you. I go, come on, man. Can we please be done? It was 545 in the morning. I was so not into this. And he said, Paul, remember what you preached about on Sunday on faith. Now, it's, I'm glad people listen to my sermons, but I don't want them to preach it to me at 5.45 in the morning and use it against me when I'm trying to be done with my workout. He says, come on, Paul, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I said, oh, my goodness, please, just let us be done. And he said, no, you can do this. And so he gets this massive heavy weight, and he puts it out in the middle of the street. We're in his neighborhood. And uh, he says, you're going to push this 20 yards down, and you're going to push it 20 yards back. That's one round. I want you to do five rounds of this. So I start pushing it, and I just collapse. Like, my legs were already just not feeling much left and, and not much energy. And I just fall down. I go, I can't. I can't do it. Please stop in Jesus' name. <laughs> And I'm laughing right now, but I wasn't laughing. I was mad. <laughs> I literally just laid there. He starts getting, you know, he gets over me and he goes, Paul, you are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Start speaking faith over your body. He was trying to talk me into it. Everybody say, talk yourself into it. Many times we are talking ourselves out of what God is trying to talk us into. We're talking ourselves out of the, the body that God wants us to have. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you can get skinnier. You can get stronger. You can get healthier. The goals that you have are not unattainable. They're not impossible. But oftentimes we convince ourselves, I'll never be there. I'll never reach those goals. I'll never be strong. I'll never be healthy enough. No one in my family, that, that could never happen to me. And I was talking myself out of, and my coach was trying to talk me into it. Faith is waiting on you to speak. Faith is waiting on you to just say something. What are you waiting to say? What has tried to silence your faith? Oftentimes we stop speaking because of one unanswered prayer, one thing that didn't go right. One time where we thought something was going to happen, we spoke about it happening, and it never happened, and so we just got silent. We stopped talking. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I do where I don't always get the same result. One of them is fishing, right? I go fishing, and when I do go fishing, occasionally I don't catch a fish. But it doesn't stop me from going back to fish the next time. Because more times than not, I do catch a fish. And how many Christians stop praying and stop speaking words of faith because of one time that it didn't happen? Maybe that one time God was trying to do the miracle in you instead of doing the miracle for you. What have you talked yourself out of? What have you stopped believing by faith? I love this, this verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. It says that Paul, uh, Paul used these words, and, and this is what he said. He said, uh, David said, I believed and therefore I spoke, and therefore we also believe and so we speak. It's not enough to just believe it. You've got to speak it. 
It's not enough to just think, I can walk in victory. You've got to start speaking, I will walk in victory. You know, you get to decide what you're going to speak over your life, and you will walk in the direction of your words. And I'm not just encouraging you to speak words over your life so that you can live a better life. I also think your words not only affect your life, they affect other people as well. You can speak negative over yourself and tell me how that works out for you. But I'm going to speak positive over my life. I'm going to speak words of God over my life. I'm going to hold on to what God says, not what I say, not what the news says, but I'm going to begin to declare, what does God say over me? That I am a child of God. I am loved by God. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. You need to start talking yourself into the love of God instead of talking yourself out of God's love for you. You need to begin to declare, God loves me. There's two things I want you to walk, with, walk away with from today. Number one, speak faith over yourself. Speak faith over yourself. Recently, I've walked past our kids' rooms, and they love to talk themselves to sleep. They love to just keep talking, and they'll talk during nap time and at night time. And I walk past Liam, our oldest son, and when I get past his room, he, he talks in third person. He'll say, Liam is nice. Liam is good. Liam obeys. Liam loves Bubba. Liam loves Bubba. <laughs> Liam shares. I'm literally, these are things that he's saying to himself. He's speaking in third person. And I think, man, it's so good. It's so funny. But what are you saying over yourself? I know you talk to yourself, even though you won't admit it in church, but you do talk to yourself. It may not always come out of your mouth, but you're saying it in your mind. Sometimes you go look in that mirror and you just put yourself down. I don't look that good. My hair is leaving me. Weight is coming on to me. What if you started speaking, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Good morning, good looking. You're getting skinnier. Your hair is growing in back there. You're getting healthier. What if you just started speaking better words over your life? Here's, here's a promise. You can't speak negative words and expect to live a positive life. You can't talk defeat and expect to walk in victory. You will have what you say. Words are like seeds. When you speak it, it goes into the ground for your future. And you reap the harvest of whatever you've sown. You can't reap an apple tree if you're planting orange seeds. Right? If you want to reap a good life, start speaking good words over your life. God took a man named Ezekiel in the Bible, and in Ezekiel 37, he said, Ezekiel, what do you see? He brought him into a place, a valley of dead, dry bones. And Ezekiel said, I see dead, dry bones. God said, speak to those dead, dry bones to come back to life. Nothing happens until you speak. Nothing happens until you speak. What are you speaking? What has silenced you from speaking? Maybe you're not speaking negative words. Maybe it's just that you're not saying anything at all. You've just gotten quiet. It's like fear has turned down your faith. It's brought the volume down. This morning, I want to bring the volume back up. I want you to start speaking what God wants you to speak. David said in Psalm 118, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, you can speak over your day. Just as weathermen forecast what the day is going to look like, you can forecast what your day is going to be like. When you speak, your attitude starts to change. Your heart starts to change. Your perspective starts to change. The joy of the Lord is my strength. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Faith is not ignoring the facts. Some people think, well, Paul, that just sounds 
ridiculous. I mean, you're saying things that aren't even true yet. And you can describe things. You can describe what the day feels like. If the day feels bad, you can talk about how bad it is. If your life is going down the, the, the drain, you can talk about how negative your life is. But Mark 11:23 says this. Anyone who says to this mountain, now look at that part right there. It doesn't say anyone who describes what the mountain looks like. It doesn't say anyone who stares at the mountain, anyone who ponders about how big this mountain is. It says anyone who speaks to this mountain. If you don't speak to your mountains, your mountains will speak to you. If you don't start speaking to the giants that are in your life, those giants are going to speak to you. Right? This is what happened with David and Goliath. Goliath was a big, massive giant. And all the Israelites were afraid of him. He had spoken and they ran and they were afraid because he spoke with such authority and boldness. But David didn't ignore the facts. Faith doesn't ignore the facts. Faith is big enough to handle the facts. And faith won't fix what you won't face. You've got to face those facts. Faith can handle it. David walked right up. He looked at the facts, looked them up and down. It says, who are you uncircumcised Philistine that defies the living God of Israel? I will feed your body to the birds. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to take Goliath down right now. David said, I'm going to cut your head off. I bet you didn't think you were going to hear that in church this morning. But sometimes we are so intimidated by what the world is speaking. Paul, my life is just, I'm never going to get out of this. I'll, I'll never be the lender. I'll always be in debt. I'll always be the borrower. I'm not going to be able to pay for college. I might as well not even finish college. I'm just going to drop out. God doesn't have a plan for my life. I totally screwed up everything. I've, I've sinned so much. I've got a terrible past. God can't you. Stop talking yourself out of your destiny. Stop talking yourself out of the forgiveness of God. Stop talking yourself out of the, the plans that God has for your life. Jesus said in Mark 11:23, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt, does not doubt in their heart that it can happen, but they believe what they say will happen, it will be done for them. What do you need to start speaking over your life? We call those things that are not as though they were. God said over Abram, you are the father of many nations before Abram had any children. What was God doing? God was saying, Abram, where you are right now is not where you're always going to be. There's a destiny in front of you. Start walking towards it. Have you ever felt like there is more in store for you than what you're doing right now? Or have you ever wondered why the gifts and talents you possess were put inside you? There's good news. God created you without limitations. You were not born to stay where you are. You were born with possibilities. You were born to rise above. You were born for more. In Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More, you will discover how to break the limits of your environment, define how God views success, and multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. Born for More will give you the practical tools you need and the confidence to know that God's purpose for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. No matter what your past holds, you can be sure that God's purpose and promises guarantee that you were born for more. Discover your limitless life with Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More. Get your free copy today as our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online at pauldoherty.org. 
Here's the second thing I want you to walk away with today, and that is speak faith over others. Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which help, which builds others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that's going to put people down. Build people up. You know, people will rise to the words you speak over them. I used to be a crazy little kid, and my dad and mom would lay their hands on my head, and they would say, peaceful Paul, peaceful Paul. My brother used to be a really angry boy, and they'd put their hands on John's head, and they'd say, joyful John, joyful John. They were speaking faith. They were speaking something into existence. This is what Romans 4 says, that we call those things that are not as though they were. God said over Abram, you are the father of many nations before Abram had any children. What was God doing? God was saying, Abram, where you are right now is not where you're always going to be. There's a destiny in front of you. Start walking towards it. Start believing for it. And it says that Abram never wavered in his faith. He trusted in God. Now, Abram wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man of faith. He held on to God's promise. This morning, I want to encourage you, no matter how bad you feel like you've missed it, hold on to God's promise. What's trying to talk you out of speaking faith? Who in your life needs to hear some words of faith? My friend Jonathan had gotten into a basketball injury. We were playing sports, and he injured his knee out on the basketball court. He didn't think it was that bad, and so he started taking Tylenols and A few days later, he couldn't even get up out of his bed. He knew something was off. And so his mom took him to the doctor. And I want you to see what happened in his life. We went to the doctor, and he took some x-rays. And he wasn't comfortable with what he saw. So he wanted to send us to a specialist. We went to the orthopedic doctor, and he took another x-ray. And he saw something that he did not like. What he saw was a shadow over my knee and over my growth plate. Something was growing. He never said that it was cancer, but he wrote down on a piece of paper what he thought it was. It was a tumor that could be malignant. My mom, of course, being in that field of study, dealing with patients, dying all the time from from cancer and from all of those things and here I am a 12 year old going through something that no 12 year old should ever go through when we came home from the doctor's office I remember hearing my parents talk in the living room about what the doctor wrote down on that piece of paper from the time we came back from the doctor to the time when We were going for the MRI. It was about a span of two weeks. I didn't realize the severity of the situation, but my parents knew that we had to believe God for something big. I remember them putting scripture verses up on the walls about how I would walk and not grow weary. I remember whenever I would go to bed at night, we would play music and tapes all about healing. They would place scripture verses on the mirror in the bathroom, in front of the toilet, Everywhere that we would look in the house, there was a reminder of faith. And I think that was the difference because there was no doubt allowed in the house. I remember my parents started calling me Jonathan Nunes. I'd be sitting in the living room and they'd call me in for dinner and they wouldn't say, hey, Jonathan, dinner's ready. They'd say, 
Jonathan Nunes, it's time to come and get dinner. So it was a constant confession of what we believed. We were believing God for a new knee. So they called me Jonathan Nunes. And I, I remember going to bed and looking at the top of my ceiling and there was a scripture verse hung on the top of my ceiling about how I would, about how I would run and not grow weary, how I would walk and not faint. And so anytime there was opportunity for doubt, there was a constant reminder of what the Word said about healing, about faith. So anytime we were at home, there was always that expectancy for a miracle. But when I went to school, it was different. I mean, I couldn't walk. So I would sit outside of PE class as an eighth grader and watch all of my classmates run and play. And I remember sitting on the track thinking, you know, I believe that I'm healed. I believe that all this stuff that we're saying, all of these scripture verses that we're praying, all these things that are hanging on the doorposts, if it's true, then I should be able to run. And so as I sat there, I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to run. So I borrowed my friend's PE uniform and put it on, borrowed some shoes, and I began to run. Every step that I took on the track, it was like the pain got less and less. In fact, I, I didn't even realize the pain at all. It was almost like I forgot about it. And by the time I finished the mile, I felt great. We went into the doctor's office, um, and he looked at the MRI. He stuck the, the MRI up next to the old x-ray and it was so clear of what happened he said something along the lines of well in this picture it's here and in this picture it's not and i remember my mom just started bawling and crying and because i didn't know the seriousness of what was going on uh, I just asked what, what's there, what's not. And he said, well, if the MRI would have come back as a positive with a tumor, we may have had to amputate your leg. From that day on, everything was back to normal. My knees swelling went back down. I began taking the stairs again. God has been faithful to honor that one step of faith that I took that day in PE class. On this journey, we all have to believe God for something. We just have to walk it out by faith. I watched as Jonathan began to run in high school and he began to compete in track and cross country. And his knees were better after that experience than they were before. He went on to get a scholarship to Oral Roberts University for the track and field team. He became one of their fastest runners on the track team at ORU, graduating debt-free. I'm telling you, there's power in your words. There's power in your words. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your kids? over the next generation, over the people that are around you. My friend uh, told me this story about a guy in our church in the 80s who 
was someone who smoked, who drank, he even sold drugs, and he was in our youth group, and my parents thought maybe we should ask him not to come back to the youth group for a little while, and, and, and hopefully he'll get better, but during that time, his mom kept coming up to my dad and saying, isn't my son such a positive influence? Isn't my son such a great kid? Isn't he doing a great job? My dad would be scratching his head going, do you know what your son's doing? Are you naive to what's happening in his life? And she wasn't naive, but she was speaking prophetically over his life. She was forecasting where her son was headed instead of describing where he was at. She was saying, my son is going to live to declare the works of the Lord. You know, her son went on to be a great youth pastor and led a lot of teenagers to Jesus. He's living his life for God today. He's bringing glory to God. Your life and the people around you will walk in the direction of your words. What are you speaking? I want to encourage you to declare the confessions. We've put them on this victory app for you to declare during this time to read the Word of God. You can begin to even go on uh, the Internet and just look up scriptures about faith, scriptures about joy. When I was going through a season of depression after my father passed, I didn't know how I was going to get out of this depression. I was so sad. I was, uh, I was not taking care of my body. I was constantly uh, just negative. I was pessimistic. And, and I just didn't even want to get out of bed sometimes. I didn't want to do anything. I was just sad. And I would literally say these words, my best days are behind me. But one day I drove up to the church. And I was parked outside of the church before I was going to preach. And I was just speaking negative. I was saying, man, I... I don't have anything good to say, and our church's best days are behind us, and I, I, I just was speaking so negative, and God interrupted me. He said, Paul, change your confession. Change your confession. But God, I don't believe in that, that, those words that you want me to say. Sometimes you have to talk yourself into believing the right thing. And God said, I want you to start declaring, my best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. He who started this work in me will be faithful to complete it. As I begin to speak those words, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. That night I led our church for the first time into that confession that we say every week. Guys, I'm telling you there's power in your words. When I started speaking that, the depression started leaving. That sense of hopelessness started leaving leaving. I started walking into our auditorium and I started thinking, this is too small. God has way bigger plans than this. God has greater days for us. Our best days are not behind us. He wants to enlarge our territory. We ain't seen nothing yet. I'm just getting started. I'm telling you, there's victory in your future, but you've got to talk yourself into it. Faith is more than just a thought. Faith has to become a word. It has to become a confession that comes out of your mouth. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. It always boggles my mind when I talk with Christians who don't believe in the importance of speaking faith. They think it's nonsense. They think it's ridiculous. And I always ask them, what about the scriptures in the Bible that talk about the words of your mouth produce either life or death? What about the scriptures in James that the tongue is a rudder for where your life goes? That what you speak directs where you go. You know, they, they get quiet about that. But I want to encourage you right now to change your thinking about how you speak. What words you say. What confessions you let out of your mouth. And to start confessing thoughts of faith. 
thoughts of victory. Start verbalizing those ideas in your mind of believing God for provision, protection, deliverance, salvation, grace, joy, peace, all of it. Start speaking it out by faith that you have it through Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? It's a step of speaking these words of faith. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for raising from the dead to give me life and life more abundantly. Jesus, thank you for directing my steps and giving me a bright future. My best days are right in front of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you just praying that prayer right there with speaking words of faith. We want to help you on this journey of speaking faith with a brand new mini book that I just released called Born for More. And it's a short little book you can read in less than an hour filled with nuggets and stories and scriptures and powerful little quotes in there to help you speak words of faith, to believe God for more. We'd love to stay in contact with you, pray for you, and we appreciate all of you that help support this ministry so we can spread the gospel around the world. We love you so much, and we believe your best days are right in front of you. Have you ever felt like there is more in store for you than what you're doing right now? Or have you ever wondered why the gifts and talents you possess were put inside you? There's good news. God created you without limitations. You were not born to stay where you are. You were born with possibilities. You were born to rise above. You were born for more. In Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More, you will discover how to break the limits of your environment, define how God views success, and multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. Born for More will give you the practical tools you need and the confidence to know that God's purpose for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. No matter what your past holds, you can be sure that God's purpose and promises guarantee that you were born for more. Discover your limitless life with Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More. Get your free copy today as our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online at pauldoherty.org. You have ways of thinking walled off in your mind that are keeping you from the life that God wants you to live. Do you ever stop and think about what God's will, God's heart, God's intentions for those around you? And do you ever think about those people that you encounter on the bus or the train or the people that you walk by every single day? Do you see them the way that Jesus sees them? We are called to be a mission-focused church. There is a race that is before us that we have to run. His promise says that we are victorious, that we are overcomers. Hey, thanks for watching today. Hillsong is all Jesus. The messages, the worship, conferences, each part an expression of who is at the center of all of this. And right now, we want to extend a special invitation to you. You're watching today because something deep within you resonates with a cause to bring hope to humanity through the message of Jesus. Now, you can accelerate that cause by becoming a Hillsong team member. And as a member of the team, you will receive a subscription box that delivers the best of Hillsong and friends to your door each month. Your subscription to the team box is fun and meaningful and equips you in your faith journey. But most importantly, your subscription will accelerate the message of Jesus across the globe through the Hillsong Channel. There is power and potential by being a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. So join the team today. 
Hillsong.com forward slash team to sign up and get your monthly box. Each month we'll send you a box with items that will help you grow and empower you in your sphere of life. You'll find apparel, worship, downloads, albums, and so much more. And you can't get this exclusive combination of resources any other way. Hillstone Team Box is for all ages, so we want to invite you to journey with us. We want to bless you each and every month. The purpose of the Hillstone Team Box is to touch your life and to reach the world. Together, let's take Jesus into every sphere of life. Join today. Hillstone.com forward slash team. All right, before we start, I've got to call you out on this. You just, uh, said that, you just said that what we're going to talk about today is your favorite thing to talk about, and you say that about everything that we talk about. So is, are all of the things your favorite thing and favorite passage? Well, um, I do have a lot of favorite passages. I'm not going to you know, deny that. But I, I have to say, though, yeah. that of all the preaching, of all the sermons that I've ever done, the teaching on repentance, I've seen God use it more in more people in more places for bigger life transformation. It's all gone now. Destroyed by the Apache. I... Oh,
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. Oh, 
the free Stingray Music mobile app.
in the presence that we are in the presence of
Welcome to TalkShoe. Please enter your Well, I am about to cut grass, so you all will hear the lawnmower going while I'm doing this. Anybody want to open up in prayer? I'll take that as a no. Rumble kiss you to go brand the to go sish you to go boost it at a comprand to go sish you to go sish you to go sish you to go sish you to set up a rata. Corn rush to the go sish you to go sish you to run to go sish you. Father God, hush and push it and run to the go set this to the composer and this to the composer and run to the go sish you. Corn rush to the go sun rush to the go sun to the go sun to the for Let the anointing of Christ increase. 
Yaraposa, Yerokumbuke, Parandis Karakose, Parambroske, and Ranagosa Teke. Let the word of God go forth. Let the anointing of Christ enter in. Cause the Lord God the strength. The grace, the mercy, the favor, the love. Favor. 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 Favor, Randy Gosation of Gosation of Gosandraka. Favor, Randy Gosation of Gosation of Gosandraka. Favor, Rashka Rokosation of Komboska and Rashka Kondeke. Favor, Hoshka Komboska and Rashka Rokosation. Han Rashka Rokosation of Komboska and Rashka Kodaka. Harashi Rokosation Stephanie Armstead. Hmm. She lost all her information out here. Yes, Father God, we praise our name. We glorify you, Lord. Let the word of God come forth. Morning. All right. 
those places in our life where we're at the brink of the come through, we're at the brink of the breakthrough. Oh, yeah, bad. Don't worry about it. Help us, Father God. Thank you, Father God. For the courage, Lord, stand up one more time. For the strength, the perseverance, the ability to endure. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us, for nurturing us, for loving us, for forgiving us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, to fill us from heart and side of our lives those things that are needed. So we can do that what you want us to do. I should have Thank you. 
place unto you that which is needed so you can fulfill the task that is at hand. Don't stop. Seek. Trust. Let God be God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whoever can hear me. Okay. Now I get the list. I start on the list. Follow me. Cutting grass. Sing along. I am start with the Moo family. Honra Hey, I'm good. How you feeling today? All right, all right. Teresa Crosby. Rando Kosechi, 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 Thank you. 
President Obama, Lisa Brown, Rambo Koshkere Gosishira Kumbrata, Umboshkere Gosaga, Sakra. Thomas Gari, Yana Gosishira 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 Sakra. Thomas in the church, Mastermind Group, Rambo Gosishira 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 Sakra, Rambo Gosishira 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 Sakra. New Legacy Academy, Rambo Gosishira 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 Sakra. Lisa Brown, Rambo Gosishira 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 Sakra. Felicia, <laughs> Yomakala, <laughs> I'm 
Bobby Williams, Roscoe Negotiation, Brasco Negotiation, Brasco Negotiation, Rasta, Sakra. Malcolm Bryson, Ryan Negotiation, 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 Sakra. Malcolm Bryson, Bobby Williams, Girl Negotiation, Sean Tony Brookins, Brun Negotiation, 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 Sakra. Investor, Sean Stephen and David, Chair Area at this time. The gentleman caller, Randy Gosishi Gosishi Gosara, Randy Gosishi Gosara, Sakra. Lorenzo, Hushkara Gosara Gandasa, Sakra. The Shanda, Hunter Gundiganda Gundiganda Gosa, Sakra. Barbara Salter, Hushkara Gosishi 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 Gosara, Sakra. Stan Washington, Randy Gosishi 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 Gosara, Sakra. Alyssa Noor, Randy Gosishi 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 Gosara, Sakra. Mateo, Randy Gosishi 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 Gosara, Sakra. Angie, Donald Trump, Belinda, Brenda Gosishi 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 Gosara, Brenda Gosishi 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 Gosara, Sakara, Brandon Allen, Jenkins Fam, Mark's business, my business, okay, and everybody else on the list. Shira Gosishi 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 Gosara, Proshishi Gosishi Gosishi Gosara, Asara, Sakara. Satanic Up School Program, Bushkir Gosishi Gosa, Sakara. Bill Worship is Jan Graska, Sakara. Illuminati, Randy Gosishi Gosa, and a crack house. Rushkir Gosishi Gosishi Gosara, Sakara. All right, that's my four. Anybody want to do a list? Anybody want to do a list? Go on once. If I want to do this going twice. Oh, okay. Let's pray for me finding the right key. That would be good.
Thanks, Charlie. That's a good one for a
we're going to be praying for congregations and churches. Rondo Prisoners and missionaries, Rondo Congregation churches, prisoners and missionaries, deceased in hospice, Yoko Sishi, Yoko Sishi, Yoko Unsafe. Taking shutting, unsaved, hospice, prison, missionaries, congregation, churches, is an addiction. Taking shutting. Okay, so then, um, what we gotta do? Okay, I gotta get gas. And. And say, oh, pressure diminishes in the family. Run to go see, she go see, she go see, she go Supernatural superhuman strength ability gifts and talents on the synergies to get increase in basis. Growth in our gifts and our proofs. Peace might be good, huh? Growth in our gifts and our fruits. Okay, I need to get gas, put it in the mail. Walking in the room, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Run to go fishing, 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 Grace, mercy, favor, knowledge, understanding. Peace, pass, all understand. Run to go fishing, 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 Financial breakthroughs and turn off. Run the go fishing, 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 go fish
Don't know who's all on the missing noise. Who wants to speak, don't want to speak. So anybody want to say something, want to pray, whatever floats your boat. I'll go home, I'll send out the text for the reading. How much is gas? I'm good. How you making it today? All right, all right. Um, morning. No, all right, Can I get um? I'm gonna get some pump four. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on pump four. All right, thanks. I'm just letting you know, I got your number. All good. I ain't mad at you. Hello. Peanut Gallagher gonna chime in with you. You don't want all that rockets in the background. Ain't nobody here. Don't nobody know what you're doing. Really? Now, brother. Now, brother. Why are you trying to do all that? See, I know where y'all going with all that. See? Who are you talking to? I got works to do. I got works to do. Hello. Whether you're headed to or from work or on a road trip, we've got a great selection of cold drinks for you, including nice cold milk. On the other side, you can go to the new serving workout and look at a great price for the food you need to stay. And thanks to Stock Plus. Hello. Hello. All righty. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh-huh. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Hello. Oh, Lord. Oh, 
Maneuvering to do today. Mm-hmm. Maneuvering to do today. I got maneuvers to do every day. What else is new, dude? I got a business to run. I'm a prison man. Oh, the mercy, Jesus. Okay. Hello. Well, Lord, I thank you for the increase. Mm-hmm. I thank you for the increase. Yeah, yeah. Boski da rumboski andumbo. Rondeshi ya chumbu postiko. Oh, Father God. Aramboski da rumboski. Hey. Maybe I try to do that. What's going on, Scott?
Hello. Hello. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, this Felicia. Lisa. Felicia. Felicia. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Arthur. What's going on? Oh, baby, the first day of vacation. I had to sleep a little longer. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Congratulations. You made it over. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Man, you should see me trying to get up out of there yesterday. I ain't lying. He was going to call, start calling. I said, he won't have to call me very long. If I don't be number one, I promise you, I won't be nothing but number two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number one win and number one that have everything they win. Number two win, number two that have everything they win. So I went number three, but number three had everything that he needed. So number three was number one. <laughs> Damn. Oh. I thought Sam for reading was in 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm on. Oh, good morning, Brother Farley. Mm-hmm. How are you, number three? Well, number three was number one. Okay. Number. How about number 13, then? <laughs> you know, Jesus had 12 disciples plus him, so there was a number 13. Okay. Only Arthur. Uh, I don't listen to T.D. Jake's sermon since you... Check the because one committed suicide. Well, before he committed suicide, there still was 13. He doesn't count. He's not real. You know, you got some fake breakers even on the line. <laughs> I guess everybody's on and, and, and on and um on and point or whatever. I'm gonna say I don't know. All right, give me a minute. I'll go get the book. Good morning, cousin. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm well and you. I'm good. I'm in the bed. I'm in this bed enjoying our relationship. Okay. I'm about to start the reading wherever you disappear to. her name who broke your heart you sound so horrible 
Her Hello. name was Money, Money, Money. She leaves me too quickly. <laughs> well, she leaves us quick, quickly. See, I'm talking about that. And Sarah, she don't come fast enough. <laughs> I know what you. Oh, let me get this book real quick. I ain't going to go there with you right now. She did not come to me fast enough. I got to wait for her to show up and arrive. Ain't that something? I'm going to yeah, huh? Mm, yeah, baby. Mm. Mm. Let me go ahead and pray and read. How about that? Uh, well, pray that she returns. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Father God. How do I the invasion of God's power in us, this infilling of his spirit, happens in the human spirit. It is in the inner and not the outer man which is activated by his power and thence becomes strong. This is most important to recognize, for it helps us to exercise simple faith and our desire for the feeling of the Holy Spirit, rather than to anticipate some bodily sensations such as shaking, jerking, or hurling to the ground. I'm going to read that because I think some people need to have an understanding of what was just said. This invasion of God's power in us, this infilling of his spirit, happens in the human spirit. It is in the inner and not the outer which is activated by his power and thence becomes strong. This is most important to recognize for it helps us to exercise simple faith and our desire for the feeling of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 3 and 14, rather than to anticipate some bodily sensations such as a shaking, a jerking, or hurling to the ground. Yet Christians need to be watchful lest they use faith as an excuse for not experiencing the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Go one more time, like that little section there. And this is why we don't get more than four pages if we get that much. I just really, because you know. Yeah. The conditions for feeling must be accomplished, and the attitudes of believers must be firm. God will fulfill his promise. You need to be getting ready, child. I mean, listen, if you want to, but when I'm done, I want to take you out to the place. Okay, as long as we're on the same page, and I'm fine. I need to do. I, I'm good. You need to do what I need to do. Oh, maybe I want to listen to my flesh and go upside your head. If you can read. Oh, all right. Oh, she paid attention. Two minutes. <laughs> By reading what the apostle affirms in the succeeding verses in Ephesians 3 about apprehending, knowing, and feeling. Hmm. <laughs> 
We are certain that strengthening with might in the inner man renders it highly sensitive. Hmm. Like the body, the spirit has its functions in consciousness. Prior to the mighty inflow of the Holy Spirit's power into their spirit, believers scarcely can detect its intuitive power. But afterwards, its intuitive force becomes most distinctive and hence readily discovered. As the inner man is energized, its intuitive powers increase. Believers are able to sense its slightest movement. Hmm. The effect of having the Spirit of God, the effect of having the Spirit filled with God's power, is to afford it full sway over the soul and body. Every thought, desire, sensation, and intent is now governed by the Spirit. No longer act independently. It becomes instead the spirit steward. Ooh, shut up. Go, Father God. Hmm. I might cut this short because that's just a whole lot of meat right there. So what I'll do is I'll read to the end of that and then if we, yeah, we'll do that because this dude is, yeah. Uh, what you getting excited about? Cause I didn't understand it. I'm just thinking I might, I might, I might do your version and cut it a little bit short. <laughs> oh, now you want to listen after you hit us with bricks yesterday? <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, look, that's no. that ain't, that ain't but a no, thing. you ain't no punk. You gonna read, read your four pages? You ain't no punk in it. Oh, excuse me. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna read my four pages in, boy. I really Oh, and this peanut gallery comes over here and says your mama may have raised somebody clinically insane, but not a punk. Oh, oh. get it. <laughs> That's my baby over there. Oh, okay. See, and see, Sam, you know what the Bible says at that point? Out of the mouth of two or three, it has been established. You're not a punk. But <laughs> having the spirit filled with God's power is to afford it full sway over the soul and body. Every thought, desire, sensation, and intent is by the spirit. The soul can no longer act independently. It becomes instead the spirit steward. Furthermore, through the believer's spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to impart God's life to thirsty and dying men. However, this filling of the Holy Spirit differs from the baptism with the Holy Spirit because the latter is for the purpose of service while the former solves the problem of life. Mm. Actually, it will affect service too. Mm. Transformation from soulless to spiritual does not guarantee that believers never again will walk according to the flesh. On the contrary, an ever-present danger exists of falling back into it. Satan is constantly alert to seize every opportunity to cause them to plunge from their lawfully position to a life below par. It is therefore highly necessary for God's children to be watchful at all times and to follow the Spirit so that they may remain spiritual. In order that, that in order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, those who live according to the Spirit 
set their minds on the things of the spirit. Mm. Mm. Those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace, Romans 8, 4, and 6. Oh, yeah, the kombas I die. To follow the spirit is to walk contrary to the flesh. is walking by the flesh. Now following the one, now following the other. They ought to walk according to the inner man alone, which is to walk according to the spirit's intuition and not for a moment according to the soul of the body. And thus following the spirit, they invariably shall set their minds on the things of the spirit. The result should be life and peace. Hmm. Live by the spirit means to walk according to intuition. It is it is to have all one's life, service, and action in the spirit ever being governed and empowered by it. Serves in life and peace. Since he cannot remain in a spiritual state unless he walks according to the spirit, then at the very least, the same must understand his various functions and laws if he is to walk well. Mm. 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 After the spirit is Christian's daily task. He also that we can live neither by the noblest of feelings nor the loftiest of our thoughts. Walk according to the guidance accorded us through our intuition. The Holy Spirit expresses his feeling through our spirit's delicate sense. He does not operate directly on our minds, suddenly inducing us to think of something. If we desire to know his mind, we should conduct ourselves in accordance with the intuition of our spirit. At times, however, we may sense something there without comprehending what it means, what it demands, or what it is communicating. Whenever this happens, we must commit ourselves to prayer, asking that our minds may be given understanding. Hmm. To apprehend the meaning of what we have sensed intuitively, we thereafter behave accordingly. The mind can instantly be enlightened and made to understand the meaning of intuition. But abrupt thoughts which originate from the, but abrupt thoughts which originate with the mind void of intuition ought not to be followed. Solely intuitive teaching represents the spirit's thoughts. Only this should we follow. Okay, well, it's only three pages, but that's enough. All right, Lord, render the position go I'm going to back this up a paragraph through time, what I'm going to read. In order for the inner man to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit, the children must discharge their responsibility. They need to yield specifically to the Lord, forsake every doubtful aspect in their life, be willing to obey fully God's will, and believe through prayer that he will flood their spirit with power. So, basically, you need to... What did I say yesterday? Get out the way. You need to recognize it's not your responsibility to do that which needs to be done. It is your responsibility to submit, to yield, and to let God. 
without saying God will answer the expectations of their heart once all obstacles on their parts are removed. Believers do not need to wait for the Holy Spirit's filling because he has descended already. What they only wait for is for themselves to fulfill the condition for his filling, which is they must let the cross perform a deeper incision upon them. So we don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to, to come. He's already there. Once you have received salvation, he moves in. That's step number one. And then from there, he will fill you. So there. So in believing and obeying, then within a very short time, the power of the Holy Spirit will saturate their spirit and strengthen the inner man for living and for laboring. Some may receive his feeling immediately upon one surrendering themselves to the Lord, for they have already have met the conditions for such feeling. So basically, once you yield, you get yourself out of the way, God will immediately come in and fill you. It's not really waiting on God. He's waiting on you. See, the old school is talking about they're tearing on the Lord. Well, the Lord is literally waiting for you to, to meet the conditions that are necessary, believing that it will happen, getting out of your mind, acceptance. So those, it sounds easy, but why do people struggle with it? Because there's some blockages somewhere. This invasion of God's power in us, this infilling of his spirit, happens in the human spirit. It is in the inner and not the outer man which is activated by his power, and this becomes strong. So, I'm going to read the rest of it. This is most important to recognize, for it helps us to exercise simple faith and our desire for the filling of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 3 and 14, rather than to anticipate some bodily sensations such as a shaking, a jerking, or hurling to the ground. So now... This invasion of God's power, this infilling the Holy Spirit, is in our spirit where it occurs. As I talked about yesterday, most of us, once we receive salvation, we didn't really, well, it depends. I mean, yes and no. But what did, what, what did you see change? You just knew it was a difference. You knew, obviously, you might have been excited, you were happy, but what did you see? You really, for the most part, most of us did. I remember I cried, and I said, yeah. But after that, what did I see? And it's the same thing with God. You, you got it. Once you say yes, you might, you'll go through your whatever it is to receive it. You know, when I'm saying whatever it is, that might be a crying. Most of it, you know what? That's a perfect example because even at that point of, of accepting salvation, you had to get out of your way. You had to get to the point, you know what, I need God. You know what, I thought I had it, but I don't. You know what, I thought I knew what this was all about. You didn't even totally understand it then, but you knew you had to submit. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. You don't even need to totally understand, but the same way you receive salvation is the same way you receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. But, see, now... That that inner man has been that that spirit is now alive. The spirit of God, the spirit of God has moved in. Our flesh, well, your flesh rears up anyway. Your flesh and your soul rears up, and now you think you need to have some type of understanding. Is that 
No, you didn't. You didn't have a total understanding about God when you received him, but you just knew you needed to have him. Just receive the Holy Spirit. But we don't. We we get up in all in all in, in the mix and we're expecting some strange phenomena falling around running around the church and all that means you feel with the spirit. No, not necessarily. You could be, but not necessarily. <clears throat> This is most important to recognize, for it helps us to exercise simple faith and our desire for the filling of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 3.14, rather than to anticipate some bodily sensations such as a shaking, a jerking, or a hurling to the ground. Yet Christians need to be watchful, lest they use faith as an excuse for not experiencing the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Faith as an excuse for not receiving the empowering of the Holy Spirit. That right there. I guess I have enough faith. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Faith as an excuse for not receiving the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So basically, he is saying that you're giving the excuse of faith as to why you don't want to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, basically, you said I must not have enough faith. I, I I don't have I don't have enough faith I don't whatever it is I don't have enough of that's why I don't have the Holy Spirit. But Sam, he said that you just need the faith the size of a mustard seed. And he and he also also in the book he said simple faith. But again, that's telling us we're getting in the way. No, I understand that. But simple faith and the mustard seed should be pretty much parallel on the same plane, correct? Right, right. So are you allowing a simple thing or a small thing not to keep you from everything that he has for you? Yes. Oh, okay. Because that simple faith is just that toddler faith, that's the infant faith when we just start to walk or start to crawl. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, but when our faith gets larger and we become more established in the word and, and in what God can do, our faith can be bigger, we can expect greater. But even with that, Arthur, he's saying that he, you know, he, he's not saying over the time that your faith gets stronger and larger. He said just simple, um, just faith by itself keeps you from experiencing the Holy Ghost. He said the excuse of faith. That's what I'm saying. Your faith basically is not getting you to the place of experiencing the Holy Ghost. That is not even getting in, that is not getting greater and larger and expounding on you, your faith, your your relationship with God, that's just at the that's just that's at the starting gate. You you know what? When Arthur said that, made me think of, okay, your faith is getting larger. It's missing something because your faith is growing in areas and arenas, but it's missing a very vital piece of being filled with the Spirit. So is your faith getting larger in you, or is your faith getting larger in God? Because you can have faith in yourself. 
And you can walk carnally. And again, because we're breaking down, a lot of Christians don't know they're walking carnally. Quiet on that one. <laughs> and you're right. A lot of people do walk carnally. I have faith I can do this. I have faith that I can do that. That's when they give themselves the credit. But when you get into the faith of God, you've got to give God the credit for all things. He just got to speaking about this just as I was waiting for you to start to read it. Is that because of simple fact we ground our faith. Sometimes we keep our faith anchored. We're supposed to be anchored anyway, but the point is we don't allow it to grow greater. We can expect bigger and better blessings of the Lord because we know who God is. If I if I just keep that little simple thing, uh, that means that I'm not gonna get no more than what I expect. Well, see, but see, that's what I'm trying to explain. We're changing his verbiage. We we change his verbiage because we're we're making the faith grow from leaps and bounds. It's not growing from leaps and bounds. He's just talking about faith is preventing us from understanding or receiving that in which of is the Holy Ghost. That's 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 a practical principle one oh one. That's not moving and growing in leaps and bounds in faith in, in, in places and arenas. That's just simply saying the fact that you don't have the faith is basically giving you an unexperienced um, relationship with the Holy Ghost. Am I correct, Sam? Yeah, but, I'm, but, but remember he's saying the excuse of faith. Just, in other words, that's, that's what people are saying the reason is, but it's really not. But the excuse of faith basically means it is from how I understand it. The excuse of faith is either you have faith or you don't. Well, let's, let's, say, it, let's say it like this. Okay, when God he promised you a healing, and I'm going to say that, and then you don't die, you go to heaven, and you say, God, why don't you have? Why don't you give give me my healing? It was there, but you didn't fulfill. You didn't walk it totally out. Well, that's why I say God to change our reasons into excuses. And that's why He said the excuse of faith, because it's really not true. But that's what we're labeling it. That's what we're. That's what we're putting. Saying, you know, that's the reason I, I didn't have faith. That ain't that ain't the reason. So if you say that that's not the reason, then therefore you did not have faith, and then you didn't believe. Not only did you not believe, you basically told him he was not God. So why would he give you a blessing and a healing if you're telling them he's not real? Mm-hmm. Because all he expected of you to have was faith that he was going to do. It, whatever that it was for you, mm-hmm, right? But it, but then we do it every day for a variety of different reasons. But you know, it's kind of like this. I'm gonna say it like this in the book um, "Think and Grow Rich." When he when I first, when you feed the at the beginning of the book, I don't remember exactly which part. When he explains to you how he actually wrote the book, him interview all these people about what it takes to be successful. Every last one of them had a reason 
why they weren't successful. A whole bunch of different reasons. But then when he started interviewing those who were successful and had made it, they all had a common denominator. And bottom line is, they didn't let, uh, everybody had 101,000 reasons of why they did not make it to success. But those who did make it, they had a common denominator. And bottom line, they overruled, overruled they um, got past those excuses. And that's kind of the same scenario. We got all these labels and excuses and the reasons of why we didn't believe it or why this didn't work. Or bottom line is you stopped. And, and, and the spiritual says, bottom line is you stopped and you started looking at yourself more than you did God. Okay, I'll keep reading. <laughs> Yet Christians need to be watchful, lest they use... I'm going to just read the whole thing over again. This invasion of God's power in us, this infilling of his spirit, happens in the human spirit. It is in the inner and not the outer man which is activated by his power and thence becomes strong. This is most important to recognize. For it helps us to exercise simple faith and our desire for the filling of the Holy Spirit, rather than to anticipate some bodily sensations such as a shaking, a jerking, or a hurling to the ground. Yet Christians need to be watchful lest they use faith as an excuse for not experiencing the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The conditions for filling must be accomplished and the attitude of believers must be firm. God will fulfill his promise. Mm. The conditions fulfilling must be accomplished, and the attitude of believers must be firm. You can't back down. Because if you back down off of that, you're going to back down off of something else. The thing is, the thing is, you're trying to put the two together. But what I noticed is a lot of people are saying that they have faith, but that doesn't mean that they need the Holy Ghost to have faith. Oh, see, now you went to really mess up with some stuff. No. Mm. So, I mean, I've read in, you know, in social media, some pastors, they say, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to speak in tongues to have faith. I don't need the, you know, the Holy Spirit. It, you know, it was for back then. It's not for now. So they don't equate that you have both of them. Both of them are to empower you. They just think that faith is enough. You know what? And, and, and when you were said, made me think. They don't need to speak in spirit is one thing. They don't need the Holy Spirit is a totally different other thing. You got the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit because you can't even get saved without the Holy Spirit. That so that case in point, as we're reading, you can't even get saved. You can't even get saved to God without God. You need God to get saved. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads you to Jesus. Jesus is our mediator, which is the pathway to get back to God. So we got to have God, the triune God, the aspect of the Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit, to lead us. So you got to have that. Once you're saved, He moves in. So that lack of understanding is number one. 
Now, you need the Holy Spirit as far as speaking in tongues, yeah, but, but again, now we're going to get into levels of growth, carnality, and, uh, and you know, spiritual walk. But but just those two things we said, that's a huge distinction, but, again, we don't understand that. But what, so, so I guess I'm going to play the devil's advocate right now and let him use me. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, are you not experiencing that in which he's talking about right there? Now, okay, you mean in the aspect of salvation or the filling of the Spirit? Uh, okay, let's, let's, let's just say speaking in tongues, so that way we can, you know, clarify. That's exactly what I was saying, because some people, even on our line, don't speak in tongues, and, and it would be a debate about that. Okay, so now, what's your, state your question again. Are you saying those who don't speak in tongues do not have that same experience? The experience of what? The fulfillment of having the reception of the Holy Ghost and not having that experience. They, those who don't speak in tongues are saved. They're, they, those who don't speak in tongues, there are some that don't speak in tongues and are full of the Spirit, but for whatever reasons, they don't speak in tongues, which is an obstacle in themselves. And then you have those who do speak in tongues. So now those who don't speak in tongues but yet are full of the Spirit, that's just a blockage. That's why they don't have that experience. But they are full of the Spirit. So then, how do they have? How do they basically experience the experience? Because he said that they they don't have that. They don't. Well, maybe I maybe I I'm, maybe I'm trying to process this in my, in my head, and I well, expect somebody who doesn't speak in tongues to I guess interpret that which he's saying from their perspective so I can understand it because I don't understand it because to me it's saying because you don't speak in tongues you're not feeling the whole having the whole experience of the Holy Ghost. Well that's just, just say it's true. Because you don't speak in tongues you're not having the whole experience that's very true. You're right about that. Because that's an aspect. Because, see, what does it tell you in the Bible? To be full of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Can't right. be full of the spirit. The evidence is another aspect. So no, you don't. You do not have the full experience of the Holy Ghost if you're not speaking in tongues. So yeah, that that we right. But it sounds like it's something else that you're, you're trying to say. Well, I I think it's just that is that with, that that you're missing an element of the Holy yeah. Ghost. Yes, you are. If you're not speaking in tongues, yeah. and you're losing an actual tangible source of power. Yeah. When you don't, I'm I'm going I'm going I'm going to even say a source of power. I'm going to say the main source of power. <laughs> I, I I will agree to that. But I listen today. I'm not I'm not today. I was not walking on glass, and I was not walking on eggshells. I'm not trying to fit nobody. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's perfect. That that exactly. So right. So yeah. you, if you're not speaking in tongues, you are missing the full experience. Well, I'm, I, well, no, I'm going to just keep it simple. I'm going to keep it simple. I, I'm a, the only reason I say the full experience of because as you do it, you start seeing a whole lot more stuff. <laughs> well, and and, and, and that, that's why I asked the question, because when you do it or when you have it or when you have that experience, you also basically can get to the place of tapping to a power that, 
you don't necessarily have, like you're meaning, the, the 15 minutes of prayer every morning mm-hmm. or 15 minutes of prayer in in the spirit for your business or your family, whatever. So it's just like those are things. Um, you walk in the lack. Yeah, that, and and that's kind of where that's kind of where I was trying to trying to trying to get to. That it's just like that that's concerning, and and there again that goes back to the the excuse of faith mm-hmm. not allowing you to have the experience of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Now, if you understand that that is not that's that that excuse is not allowing you to experience everything. That would give you an understanding that that should not be your excuse anymore, so you should basically tap in to try to get that experience is how I'm trying to say it mhm and i and and you're you all are tapping on I was waiting, I was hoping you know the conversation would go back. You are tapping on what he said in the beginning where does the where does blockage come from why Why do we have blockage? Well, see, not, not, see, now you don't mess up because, but what he simply said now, the why we got blockages will probably be like, uh, like a hundred one reasons. But I, I like yeah. the way that he put. It. He said the conditions for filling have not been met. That's like the simple way. But now, some way or another, we have gotten into ourselves, which is keeping the conditions for filling to being met. But see, Sam, that right there makes me think of this. You say this to us all the time. You tell us that this is a college and a, and a post-college experience, right? Of our training where we are, right? I might not be saying it correctly, but you talk about this is a grad. You say this is a grad course, right? Oh, yeah. What well, we're reading now. Yeah, right. Go ahead. So if this is a grad course and you're telling me that to be a, in this grad course that I'm in to get another degree and get to a different place in God, the, require, the prerequisite is the Holy Ghost. Well, yeah, this, the, 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 uh, you, cause you're not, because you know what will happen is you're going to be walking from your understanding and you're going to be all messed up because you can't. Right, so it's a prerequisite, right. Right. So if the prerequisite is the Holy Ghost and you don't believe that you should have it, then therefore you aren't prepared, nor are you um, prepared or are you positioning yourself to be in in the right stead to fight, mm-hmm. to cover, to I'm, protect I'm that which you love? as well as be in the right stead for God to bless you because you are missing a component that he needs so you can graduate. But how do you position yourself? In the spirit. How? How? You praying. And by you praying in the spirit, you basically speaking after God. And I'm sorry. I mean, I meant to that's where I wanted you to stop at because, Sam, if you go back to what you read prior to blockage, the essential element is prayer. Because that's where you get your directions from. Right. So, Sam, if you would, please read, because everything that you all were discussing going back and forth, the blockage comes because you're not praying. That The core element, the essential tool 
that's necessary is prayer. Well, now, now, now I'm going to be devil's advocate, but I am praying. What do you mean? What are you praying spirit. for and who are you praying to? But no, wh- how, wh- not, I, yes, oh. what Erica is saying, what are you praying for and who are you praying to? But in what aspect are you praying? Because the Bible talks about the fact that tongues are the place where it could be a secret conversation where you can commune and have this conversation with God, and there would be no interruptions and no one to understand what it is that you are saying. But she's saying if you're not even at that point, how can you get to that point? Right, because you have to pray, period, before you are able to be elevated and evolve to praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. Because the, the the foundation period is prayer. And so so now I'm going back to the devil's advocate portion, but I am praying because I get on my knees and I talk to God and and I say these things that's on my that I feel. Can you hear me saying that I feel need to be said about what's going on in my life, the things that I'm looking for? What do you what do you mean to you telling me that I'm not praying? Well, because you should be in a different place if you are if you're doing what you're saying. Right. I was going to say because your actions place. have to your actions have to follow your words. Right. I should see fruit from your tree. So wait a point. minute. You're saying that if I'm praying, then there should be some manifestations for the things that I'm praying for. Of course. There should be. There should be some manifestation, but there also has to be your will to follow suit with your prayer because that's that's how you start establishing faith, by believing what you're praying. And so you must act according to what you are saying. So you're saying that I there needs to be some action back in a prayer and that if I don't have any action or some and or manifest, actually those are two different things that maybe I'm praying ineffectual. Well, Sam, not that you're not, okay, yes, you're, you're praying ineffectual prayer, but what Erica is saying is this. If you are praying, the manifestation of what you're praying for should be evident in your life by what we hear and see and basically you changing. And here's what I'm going to add to that. Your excuse would not be faith to accept the Holy Ghost at that point. What do you mean, my? What do you mean my excuse would not be to accept the Holy Ghost? If I'm praying and I'm seeking after his face and I am just basically praying unto him for I could get the understanding of what Mark needs to change and how Mark needs to do better and different, I would understand by me praying and seeking after him that he's talking to me. I'm getting directions, and eventually one of the directives is you have to get into my spirit. Mm, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, wait, oh, whoa, whoa, oh, 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 my God, you just hit on something there. So now, so now what I'm saying is mm. I can't, if I'm praying effectively and I'm getting the directives of the directives and the directions from my king, my savior, my Lord, one of those directives is going to be you need to get into my spirit and pray. So then therefore faith won't be the excuse why you will not receive the Holy Ghost. 
So then the problem that a lot of people aren't receiving is because they're not in his spirit when they're praying. They're in their flesh. So they're talking flesh, and I'm, I'm going to make a distinction between talking and praying because they're talking fleshly concerns instead of praying spiritual concerns. But they don't understand that. So then I'm going back again to the prayer because I talked about yesterday how we need to grow up going from a silent prayer to a bit like I, t- I was messing with about Lisa's daughter when she said she was praying Jesus and Mary and all of, all the of Peter and Paul and everybody else related. But but again, in her childlike faith, we've got to and see the the Holy Spirit has to teach you how to pray. And we oh, I'm sure I'm but going Sam, on mute. just said it again. Teach you how to pray. So when you teach, all the teachers on the line they give instructions. And in order to get from one place of the syllabus to the next place is you have to follow the rules to get to the end to pass the test. And at this point, if we're in grad chapter classes and and graduate school classes, then we have basically followed some instructions to the place that we had to get some things from God that we just weren't going to get just because he gave it to us. We had to go to and seek after him to get these things and basically – sacrifice and be accountable for our choices and not make other things and other people our excuse as to why we have not attained that place with God. But if the teacher has a hard-headed student, then there's nothing she can try to discipline them because they're not receptive to that which the teacher wants to give. But there again, I'm not talking about the teacher this time. I'm talking about the fact that to get to a certain place – there are some requirements that you have to do without even being taught. Well, but, see, in order to even be there, you have to have a will. You have to submit your will to mm. hear and follow those instructions. Because, see, when a teacher provides instruction, the student is willing mm. to hear, and they are willing they one, they're willing to hear, they trust, they believe, and mm. they follow through. Wait, hold, 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 hold. This needs to be written down. Everything you just said. I don't even know if you can repeat it. Because again, but Wait, for a it. teacher, you have to look at it in the in the elementary mindset. Yes, yes. You can start with preschool. You can, you know, you can start with kindergarten. For a teacher to teach, the the child or the student, one, has to be willing. Yes. They have to hear. Mm. They have to trust. Mm. And they have to believe. And those are foundations of faith. Mm. Mm. And when those things are present, even at the minuscule level, that's how it grows to be a bigger trust. And mm-hmm. they begin to believe in that instructor that stands before them on a daily basis and trust what is coming out of their mouth. And that's right. That was my issue right there. Because you have not basically got to the place of understanding um, who your instructor is, you don't trust God. 
You don't trust him because of the fact that if you trusted him and the instructor, instructor that he has placed before you, it would not be such of a challenge to get you to do some of the things that God has entrusted into the instructor to give to you. So you would not have to have faith as your excuse of why you do not have the reception of receiving the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense? So what we're saying, all of these are things that what did the reader, he said that, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. The conditions for filling must be accomplished. So we're saying all of these are conditions that need to be met in order for us to be filled and speak with tongues. With, with one exception, Sam. Okay. Tongues are free. All you have to do is ask for it because it's a gift. You got to pray to ask. You got to pray to ask. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. So, and, and all I'm asking, if we can, if we can just pause right there, Sam, could you please go back and read that sentence about prayer? I think it comes right before you read about the blockage. Okay. I'm gonna read. The, I'm gonna read the paragraph. Okay. The invasion of God's power in us, this infilling of the Spirit, happens in the human spirit. It is in the inner and not the outer man which is activated by his power and thence becomes strong. This is most important to recognize, but helps us to rec- helps us to exercise simple faith and our desire for the filling of the Holy Spirit, rather than to anticipate some bodily sensations such as a shaking, a jerking, or hurling to the ground. Yet Christians need to be need to be watchful lest they use faith as an excuse for not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. The conditions fulfilling must be accomplished, and the attitude of believers must be firm. God, God will fulfill His promise. It must be in a, in a thing before that. It has to be. So all of that, what you just said, is God is not going to basically give you an experience of who He is in the Holy Spirit with your emotionalism, because okay. He was talking Friday, about. Go. Okay. Go ahead. In order for the inner man to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit, the children of God must discharge their responsibility. They need to yield specifically to the Lord, forsake every doubtful aspect in their life, be willing to obey fully God's will, and believe through prayer that he will flood their spirit with his power. And that is how you get to what we're trying to question through prayer. And I just want to say it is prayer that is the pathway that God has established. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say one of the main pathways. Now, there are other yeah. things that he, but I would say when I say the main pathway because there are other things he has for us to build our spirit up. But the bottom line is still going to always resort to prayer because prayer, if we get a greater understanding of prayer. Prayer is a communication between us and him. Right. Back and back before the fall, him and Adam, he sat down and talked. That was prayer, communication between the two of them. Now, my question is, what's the difference between the human spirit and Holy Spirit? 
It's a big difference. Okay. Okay. It's a big difference. Because human spirit goes back to the place of, you're speaking of carnality and our selfish ways and motives and, and desires. And the Holy Spirit is basically that in which in, 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 encompasses us and dwells with inside of us that basically does things that are is not um, common to that in which is our human spirit. Because our human spirit does one thing and the Holy Spirit does something totally diametrically opposed. Because it is not of us, it is of someone else, it is of something else, and then therefore that something else is the one that has created us. That it, and I believe um, in the last chapter of Sam Red was that he was talking about that how the Holy Spirit will um, provoke us to do something different from what we normally would do that is common for us to do. And I think that was yesterday. Because remember we were talking about um, normal or common? Mm-hmm. So I believe that what you're saying in basically the human human spirit as well as the, the Holy Spirit is totally, it's a total different purview. I mean, this is something that can see, can do and see and experience all things versus something that has a limited experience. That's why Sam was talking about having to go to the room to have access to everything versus staying outside of that particular room and having access to nothing. And and I don't mean to be ugly, but everything you said was jumbled up. And if I'm a babe in Christ, what are you telling me? The what was your question? What is the holy? What's the difference between the Holy Spirit yeah, and the human? The spirit? difference between Holy Spirit and, and human spirit. Because and the reason I pose the question is. Because that has a, I believe it has a lot to do with how people pray. Well, I I, I would simplify to say the Holy Spirit is part of the God, the Triune Godhead. Mhm. He and actually, I'm getting in it because we're talking right now. We're trying to make it simple. He's he's part. He's he's the part of God that. How can I say that? Is uh, that his job is to teach us on a daily basis? I think that's simply put. Now the human spirit is that part that we're made of that he talks to. So you're telling me that the human spirit communicates with the Holy Spirit? That's right. They're the they're the intersecting. Blocks were like the square peg going in the square hole. Yes. And 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 that is just really the the basis of my question because believe it or not, a lot of people don't realize that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. But okay, if if that if that be the case, I guess here's my question. Um. If the human spirit is an intersection to us to get to the Holy Spirit, then why is it that there is still going back to the question that he posed and made as a statement that there is a blockage of our faith not basically 
being receptive of the Holy Ghost because why? We are still not allowing our spirit to commune with his spirit to get to the place of getting the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is, and I'm going back to our sister, Marie's experience, um, Marie's experience was limited to understand and receive of the whole, understand the Holy Ghost and receive that which the Holy Ghost could bring you. But she did not have the evidence of speaking in the tongues to have the whole experience. Going back to that red book, why tongues are important, why they are essential. It gives you a limited capability of knowledge, wealth, and understanding of who he is, what he is, and what he brings to the table for you, with you, and to you. Does that does that sound? Does that does, I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying or no? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think in Marie's case, I, I think more. Okay, let's say I think Erica was speaking more in um, simplistic terms. With Maria's case, that's a little bit more complicated. <laughs> That's about the best way I can say it. I get that it, it um it's complicated. I'm, I'm just saying that I was just using that as an experience. Where where I, okay, prime example. My cousin's on the phone. My cousin is a benefactor of the Holy Ghost and a benefactor of receiving that in which the Holy Ghost provides. Mm-hmm. But I, I do understand from the way that he learned or understands it, just from conversations that we've had on the line, that at this point of the juncture, him not having the Holy Ghost is, not having the Holy Ghost, not speaking in tongues, is essential to where his life is right now. Okay, now what do you mean by him not speaking? Because he speaks in tongues. What do you mean? That's why I'm lost at. I thought he said that he doesn't speak in tongues. I can speak in tongues. He probably, I didn't know that. He does, but I he, thought he said no when we were talking about this before. Because I know specifically, he and I had a had a long cousinly debate on the on the line about this. <laughs> this might have been a while back then, but I can speak in tongues. I didn't know that, so I I, I thought he said that that was not an experience that he had. Mm-mm, not not wait. See, he he's beyond Lisa now because now when Lisa do it, she don't know she's doing it, which is funny. <laughs> but Arthur, yeah, he, yeah, wait, especially when it really hits him and he just he he just goes there. Okay, well I didn't know, and, and that's what I was asking. And I'm not picking on. I, I was talking about my cousin. I'm not picking on. I'm just asking, using that as an example because of the fact that he's not going to be offended if I say something to him regarding that versus just me just saying it as a whole point. Right. Of And I do know that I'm doing it now. It just happened. But 
Oh, just happening. I became I became aware of it. I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but the other day I became more conscious of it. Maybe not all the way through, but because it's still new to me. Which you know leads me to wonder how long have I been doing it, and I just didn't know that I was doing it. But, but, when, but when did you have this last experience? <laughs> when, uh, well, when I realized I just had a moment the other day when I felt like I felt, you know, the whole weight of the whole entire world on my shoulders mm-hmm. at one time, and 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 I and it felt so heavy that I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And and I and I was and I. And I didn't want to almost, almost choke somebody out. And well, it was it was a little close for my comfort. And so I knew that I was at a point where my regular self had had vacated. Ooh, and wait. I just said, you know what? I said I'm done. I'm fucking almost cussed. I said I'm freaking done. I give, and I ain't got just whatever, man. Just whatever. I don't even care. Whatever. And then I I just for the first I mean I don't I don't pray a lot when I don't pray a lot I guess you know how like people like Sam when you when when we were on the phone and something happened that really frustrated you and you just stopped and you just started praying like I don't do that in the moment a lot. But at this time, I knew that if I didn't do it, it was going to go bad for somebody, me or somebody else. Hmm. So but I, I think that's kind of growth. Yeah. With that comes growth. Sam didn't get to that place of just basically praying when he gets frustrated before he blows up. It has gotten to that point. And I think that this, that's what has been this, – this, this, all this we're talking about right now – is leading up to what we've been reading and basically praying in the spirit for 15 minutes and not losing your cool and not losing your witness and not basically being ineffective in a situation where you can be effective and show someone else that there's a better way. Exactly. Because that's that's exactly what took place last week at Bible study. <laughs> Am I missing something? Well, it it was, you know, just simply, it was a going back and forth of someone telling me that me praying for someone, you know, um, a panhandler or a beggar, you know, when they requested something and I prayed for them prior to blessing them, that I was still out of order because if they utilize what I gave them that and they used it to their demise if it was for drugs or alcohol, then their blood was on my hand. And so I just pretty much, she tried to tell us that beforehand, and I just simply said, well, what I, you know, have learned to do is that if I am led to 
give to someone or bless them. I ask them, can I pray for them as a prerequisite prior to me giving it to him? She told me I was wrong. I disagreed. Well, you know, and the thing was I disagreed, but there was someone else who had something to say, and she told us that we were both wrong. And so as the Bible study commenced, the thing was, okay, Erica, you pray. But I was feeling some type of way because I I was pissed off. (laughs) <laughs> because I felt she was directing everyone in a bad way. And so they said, well, we're getting ready to close. Erica, would you pray? And I shook my head because I wasn't, no, I ain't in the praying spirit. I'm mad right now. So, I'm, no, no, I think it's best that I not pray. Then the person who was leading Bible study asked me to pray. And I said, Lord, these folks pushing me because I am not in the mood for their antics today. And I just stopped praying in the spirit. But, this is something my church doesn't commonly do. But for me, I was so frustrated and out, you know, not wanting to debate, not wanting to argue. I just simply just made a statement, and I felt that it was just really pushing my spirit to another place. And so to combat all of that, to get out of Erica, to, you know, uh, release my frustration, I'm like, God, you know what? It's going to have to be you because I ain't tripping with none on the day. And I just prayed in the spirit, and that's just where it went. But but can you see the similarities between Lisa and Eric? It's oh, yeah. It's thing. Except Erica's just more familiar and knows how to yield and does it on more more basis. This is new to Lisa, but it's that Hello? Yep. Okay. There was a lot of noise at the time. Oh, okay. So, but, but I mean, but, you know, and, that, and that's, and see, it's funny, you know, because I'm, I'm bo- it's like both, both of you all, and I, I'm, because all honesty is like I've been waiting for, like, because Lisa gets so full and anxious and frustrated at times, and she just be going, and I be listening. Oh, okay, and I like, okay, when's she gonna finally push her, push her over the edge to do it? So now, so now she's doing it, and now she's beginning to become conscious about what she's doing. All right. Well, well, and you know what's interesting because my when right around the time I got my license, um, my ministerial license, my cousin um, had told me I did it during the prayer. I was like, whatever, dude. I didn't believe it because I didn't really believe. Honestly, I never really believed in. So I didn't know what that stuff was. I was like, okay, well, that's foolishness. I never believed in it because I didn't grow up with it. I, I didn't know what it was. At our church, we didn't do that. So I was like, what the heck? And then, you know, like some churches, like the church, you know, like Kojic churches and full gospel and stuff, I noticed they would do a Pentecostal, but all the kids and stuff would laugh. I was like, that's not, they're not really saying nothing. They speak in Spanish <laughs> when I was growing up. So, you know, when you're not around it like that, it's not, you know, when it's not a part of what your particular 
denomination or your church or whatever does, you you just wonder, like, what is that, you know? So that was my experience growing up. And, and I was the same way, believe it or not, because Sam, you know, when I went to visit Sam and he was speaking in the spirit, I was just sitting there look. Been praying with him probably for over a year. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so when I visit the next time, I think it was, I don't know when it was, but it was. I think Morgan was in the ninth grade, tenth grade. Uh-huh. But we went to, you know, we went to the um, bookstore. So he buys about three, four, five of these books, and he gives me one, and he said, "Hmm, uh-huh. read it." I was like, mm, "Okay." But it's amazing how you begin to grow because my father, who's been in the ministry for well over 30 years, is now dealing with the same thing. He just don't know it yet. Was that your your father on the phone that one day? Do you attend his church? No, that wasn't my father. Okay, I didn't know if you attended his church or not. No, my father lives in Alabama, so... No. Oh, 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 okay, I got you. Okay, I'm going to try to read another paragraph. How about that? But now, but wait, wait a minute, Sam. I got one question. But that, but but coming from that experience to not having the Holy Ghost and not speaking in tongues and not doing those things to someone who has had that experience all of their life, and I'm talking about me, there's no excuse as to why I should not know before popping off I should go there. But 30 years later, down the road, I've had to go through this experience, the same test, and get mad at the fact that I am speaking in tongues, that I am going into the spirit when I am being attacked or basically things are being said, so I don't respond um, in an unsavory fashion. So that by itself alone shows you that it doesn't matter how long that you have been, been in this walk. Mm. A test is a test and a journey is a journey. And even for me, myself, knowing that that is the first place of hope, that is the first place of understanding, that is the first place that I need to get to, but because I don't do it and because I didn't do it and because I didn't get there, does not mean that one who had had the experience of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues isn't that much further than the next person who's not experienced it at all and is getting into the understanding and knowledge of such as well. Hello? I think it's a valid point. Oh. You say what? That's a very valid point. But I think it takes, I mean, that's your growth when you even can acknowledge that, though. But over the last fast four months, 
you and Sam and I have been talking, and I've been sharing online, I've been talking about me not experiencing life through Mark and me experiencing life through the Spirit because when I was getting told off and cussed out and, and, and talked about, I, I called you in tears, mad, frustrated, being mad at Sam because I'm being challenged in my faith by someone that I love, but somebody that is provoking me to do something different from that in which I am normally responsive and reactionary about. But I'm learning to do something different. I'm, and, and, and here again, and this is Erica's favorite word, I'm choosing to do something different. I'm not just doing the normal thing like everybody else is doing. I'm choosing not to act like Mark, and I'm choosing not to act like ugly about it. I'm choosing to do something that is spiritual versus carnal. Amen. Okay, I'm about to read. (laughs) From this we made... By reading what the apostle affirms in the succeeding verses in Ephesians 3 about apprehending, knowing, and feeling... We are certain this strengthening with might in the inner man renders it highly sensitive. Ephesians 3, apprehending, knowing, and feeling. We need to look those words up. Now somebody, well, we'll go with Felicia because I know my phone ain't going to act right. Apprehending, knowing, and feeling. Well, feeling is simple. Feeling is, you know, Filling it up. Matter of fact, I got my Bible. I'm going to pull down Ephesians 3 right now. Okay. Apprehend is to arrest for crimes. To arrest? Uh-huh. Mm. That means to, to put understand it... or to perceive. You said what? Un- understand or perceive. Okay. To arrest would be to restrain, to put in submission, understand, and receive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before you even go to... I like the word arrest because literally we need to arrest our flesh and our soul. We need to put it in submission, even if we have to forcefully do such. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, And what is the other one? Knowing? Apprehend, knowing, yes. Knowing showing or suggesting that one has knowledge or awareness. 
that is secret or known to only a few people. Done in full awareness or consciousness, deliberate. Okay. Intentional. Conscious, calculated, willful. Mm. Preconceived. Preconceived. Okay, I'm I'm reading three. I'm trying to see if it's all verse. It says fourteen. Okay, I know. Okay, I'm gonna read the third chapter of Ephesians. For this cause, I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, reward. For that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. So that's what, because what I'm looking at, he's got knowing, apprehending, and, and filling in different areas. So have met, by revelation he made known unto me the mystery for, the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promises in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am, I, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church in the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Therefore I desire that ye faint not at tribulations for you, which is your glory. For, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, on whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes that might be filled with the all fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we may ask, think, according to the power of workers in us, unto him be the glory by the church, Jesus, throughout all ages, without a world without end. So in reading that, Throughout there, he's got knowing, apprehending, and feeling in different different areas. Knowing was one um, more often than not. So 
So by reading what the apostle affirms the succeeding verses in Ephesians 3 about apprehending, knowing, and feeling, we are certain that this strengthening with might in the inner man renders it highly sensitive. Like the body, the spirit has its functions in consciousness. So wait a minute. So I'll just catch that. So by apprehending, knowing, feeling, which strengthens the spirit, then it becomes sensitive. Or he says highly sensitive. I think it's highly sensitive because now you're in connection with it. Now you, it's just like, you know, now you see your flesh and you see your flesh, you see your soul, you see your spirit. Just like Erica, she senses because now she knows there's a difference. Now she knows the difference between Erica and Aresia. Just like Mark was saying, so the sensitivity as you, because now you're conscious of it, you're Solely conscious of your spirit, is that, if that is a good way to say that. I don't know if that's maybe a better way to say that. But you're sensitive to his working and how it acts and interacts. Like the body, spirit has its functions and consciousness. Prior to the mighty inflow of the Holy Spirit's power to their spirit, believers scarcely can detect its intuitive power. But afterwards, its intuitive force becomes most distinctive and hence readily discovered. As the inner man is energized, its intuitive power is increased. Believers are able to sense its slightest movement. So that's basically what I was saying. As you begin to build your inner man up, as it begins to increase, you become sensitive to it. So now you can detect what it does and doesn't do. Better, I say it like that. And feeling is um, an emotional state or reaction. Love, affection, fondness, tenderness, warmth, emotion, sentiment. Or it's a belief, especially a vague or irrational one. It's a belief. It says a belief. Especially a vague or irrational one. Suspicion, notion, inkling, hunch. Okay, okay. You got F E E L I N G. He's got F I L L I N G. Okay. That's just called. Makes a difference. Okay. <laughs> Makes a difference. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. F I L I N G. Like the brain is. A quantity, a quantity of material that feels or is used to feel something, leaving one with a pleasantly satiated feeling, substantial, hearty, ample. Okay. The effect of having the spirit filled with God's power is to afford it full sway over the soul and body. The effect of having the spirit filled with God's power is to afford it full sway over the soul and body. So to, to afford it, that means it's there. But again, a choice is made. Erica's making conscious choices in that church scenario. I need to pray in the spirit. Leisha is unconsciously making choices, which is showing that her spirit 
is now gaining ground over her soul and her body. Because she's not totally at the point where she's saying, but now because the spirit is recognizing I need to handle this and it's putting down the body. So again, now as she trains and as she grows, it will continue to increase. Well, that's the key right there, Sam, and I'm glad you said that. Train and it grows. If you don't train it, it will not grow. If you don't water it, it will not grow. If you don't feed it, it, it will die. So therefore, you have to make this, the, the conscious decision mm-hmm. to do that which is not common and not carnal because if you if you react in a different fashion, it shows you what's being fed and what is dying. You know what? And I want to say this for those who want to or struggling or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say this. I've been telling people regarding their businesses or whatever, you need to do this for 15 minutes a day. So now those who, I'm going to even say Lisa, she's at that point, set aside 15 minutes a day, turn off everything. Okay, I'm going to speak in the spirit and just start opening your mouth. Just do it. Put a time on for those who are, I don't know, okay? I'm, and I only say in a timer, I'm just, what I have, but set aside 15 minutes a day, pull away from everything and everybody, and say, mm-hmm. okay, God, the only conversation that you need to have in English is when you start it out. Okay, God, I want to and I need to speak in the spirit. However, you need to put it in your own colorful language. And I'm setting this time aside to do such. Let's go for it, and then just start moving your mouth. Now, that scenario I gave you got a lot of leeway, but those are the principles. Because what you're doing is you're making a choice. Consciously, I'm going to do this. Even though there might be blockages, I might not understand it. My faith or understanding is not where it needs to be, but I'm making a choice that I'm trying to get out of the way, though I'm struggling with this. I'm making a choice, and I'm exercising it by setting a block of time aside where God is just me and you. And I'm allowing, by submitting my will to the Holy Spirit, by saying, okay, Holy Spirit, this is your timetable. I'm doing this. You come in and do whatever needs to be done. So that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying you're making a choice, even though it might not happen. You do it diligently. You do it consistently. Move your lips. Move your lips. Begin to start out in English so that you're making a, over in the, you're talking to principalities and powers and to yourself. So that's why you start off in English. After that, you just start moving your lips. You do that consistently. Some got to move. And the other thing to that, Sam, is that you, the more that you do it, mm-hmm. you will find out that that 15 minutes. <laughs> He's going to be long or short. So that 15 minutes is going to be, and that's what, and I think that that's where we need to understand how it gets to that place. We, we, people say it takes 21 days to make it a habit. 
But I'm explaining to you, when you do it for that 15 minutes, mm-hmm. that 15 minutes can grow to 30 minutes. It can grow to 20 minutes. It can grow to an hour. But I tell you, no lie, when it gets good to you, that thing becomes perpetual. But you, but you know what, though? I, I, when you first said it, and I said the first one, because I remember like when I used to box, you know, martial arts and stuff, and people think four minutes is nothing. Try boxing for four minutes. The first time we did that, consider like, oh, my God. <laughs> the struggle that you go through because you're not familiar, you don't know, and you're not built up enough for the endurance to do such. So, yeah. Right. But if you but make he, a choice. Right. That's what it's going to start at. And you, as Erica says, you make a choice and you trust God. And you set aside the time. That's the, that's the application. That's the exercise. Even if it don't mean it, you keep doing that, something's going to give. You know why? That's the same as going to God saying, this is your word. And I'm doing what you told me to do. But nothing's happened, God. What's going to happen? Something's going to transform. Something's going to change. I'm just saying. Okay, I'll be reading. How about that? The effects of having a spirit filled with God's power is to afford a full sway over the soul and body. Every thought, desire, Sensation and intent is now governed by the spirit. The soul can no longer act independently. It becomes instead the spirit steward. Furthermore, through the believer's spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to impart God's life to thirsty and dying men. However, this filling of the Holy Spirit differs from the baptism of the Holy Spirit because the latter is for the purpose of service while the former solves the problems of life. So the latter being the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the induction to the body of Christ. Now you're, now you're able to serve me. But now we're going to deal with life. You need the power of God in order to deal with the issues of life. You're going to turn right into the door. Bam. Transformation from soulless to spiritual does not guarantee that believers never again will walk according to the flesh. On the contrary, an ever-present danger exists of falling back into it. Satan is constantly alert to seize every opportunity to cause them to plunge from the lawfully position to life below par. It is therefore highly necessary for God's children to be watchful at all times and to follow the Spirit so they may remain spiritual. Yes, child. Hmm. <laughs> well, in order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now, those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. When I first read that, that was so powerful to me. How do you live in the Spirit? You set your mind on the things of the Spirit. 
Again, a choice. You're the one that's in control of your mind. But, Sam, that goes right back to the praying in the 50, for the 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. And by you praying in that, in that 15-minute juncture, your mind is on the spirit. And the more that you put your mind in the place of the spirit, it becomes a, a perpetual place where you could be driving down the street yeah. and you see an ambulance um, and the ambulance going somewhere and you don't know where the ambulance is going, but Father, dispatch angels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I said, that, that's what he said was praying mm-hmm. always. I didn't, I thought that was crazy. Ain't no way. Nah, yeah, okay, Lord. <clears throat> I, 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 you know, and the funny thing was, Sam, is that when I was in a, 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 a desolate place, I was driving down the street and I was in the car with, with one of my friends, and he said, you know, something's wrong with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? He says, when we used to pass by accidents all the time, you would pray that everything was well. You don't do that anymore. Mm. And this is not a believer. This is somebody that is totally contrary to who God is. <laughs> but people notice those things, but yet and still – that was when I was not in a perpetual place either. Mm. Mm. So by me knowing the difference and, again, can admit to the fact that that's not where I was, realistically, that gives me an explanation that if you feed it, it'll grow. Like, like, um, like, like I believe it says, if you feed them, they'll come. I mean, when you, when you set yourself out to feed people, they will come. Because people need to eat physically, mentally, and spiritually, and, 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 and they need to basically partake of something that they do not have. So if you feed them, they'll come. Just like if you feed your spirit, it'll work for you. And I, I, think, um, I think it's Donna Lawrence, um, Donna Lawrence's song, Let the Word Do the Work. It seems so hard to think that God's word could do the work in your life because you're not applying his word. That's why you can't see it working. But if you apply his word to your life, you'll see those things that you are expecting the word to work in your life, to manifest in your life. All righty. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace, Romans 8, 4, and 6. To follow the Spirit is to walk contrary to the flesh. Not following the Spirit is walking by the flesh. Many Christians oscillate between these two. Not following the one, not following the other. They ought to walk according to the inner man alone, which is to walk according to the spirit's intuition and not for a moment according to the soul of the body. And thus following the spirit, they inevitably should set their minds on the things of the spirit and the result should be life and peace. Again, 
making that choice, exercising your faith, walking out, and going back again to the word process. To live by the Spirit means to walk according to intuition. It is to have all one's life, service, and action in the Spirit, ever being governed and empowered by it. This preserves the saint in life and peace, since he cannot remain in a spiritual state unless he walks according to the Spirit, then at the very least, the saint must understand his various functions and laws if he is to walk well. So I'm going back to what Mark said earlier about what we're studying now is is um, doctrine. So if you if you don't understand what's going on, then you need to be filled with the Spirit. If not, all this is really, I'm not going to say it's a waste of time. I will say that it is seed being planted, but it's definitely over your head. Because you can't fully grasp hold of everything that's going forth because you haven't gotten the requirement. The requirement to do bad work is a BS or BA or B something. But Sam, that goes right back to what Erica has been trying to tell me from the beginning. And and I'm and I'm going to no, I'm not gonna make a reference to that. But she she was basically telling me wherever people are you can't be upset of where they are when they basically combat and fight with you. And that basically explains to me now where you're just reading. The reason why people can't comprehend where I am is that, or where we are is that they're not there. So naturally it is an innate thing for them to respond irrationally or unnormal to where we are because they haven't got there yet. Mm-hmm. So in order, in, instead of getting upset, Instead of getting upset and mad about it, you basically need to know that they aren't at that level yet for them to understand and comprehend those things because of the fact that that's just where they are. And you getting upset with them and arguing back with them ain't going to change the fact that that's where they are. Right. And I think that you just have to respect people for wherever they are, too. You know, I think that sometimes, and I'm not saying this about anybody in particular on the line right now, but just in general, sometimes we, (coughs) excuse me, sometimes we, you know, we get to a certain place, and it's easy for us to kind of look at other folks and be like, oh, my God, like, really? You know, you're not there yet, but we haven't always been where we are either. No matter where that place is, you know, wherever we are, we haven't always been there either. And that's something that I notice a lot with that church people do, you know, in general. It's, it's you know, we become frustrated with where somebody else isn't. You know, like we're at the pinnacle. You know what I'm saying? So you're right. That's, that's something that we have to be really careful about. And and I agree with that. We have to be careful with that. I I think and, and I'm not. And this is this is an excuse. What I'm about to say, and I get I get it that it's an excuse, but I'm still saying this as a whole. I think for me the frustration is is that when 
you well, one projects themselves that they're there and they show you they're not, and that's frustrating. I can say that for oh, myself. Where is there, though? Where is there? I'm, I'm just wondering, like, could you? Because we say here, there, everywhere, like Dr. Susan. Okay. Well, what, what I'm where is that, there, though? When you when you personify yourself, when we were talking about yesterday, we were talking about fool's gold. When you personify yourself, that you have this, have it all, and you you're, you have this. In, in, in a spiritual nature, and and you have basically gone through those tests, and you have attained your um, where God in the positioning where He's happy you to be, and that's what I'm calling there. And then when it comes time to do some of the simple things, and I realize that you're not 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 at the place that you have projected, that's frustrating because it basically takes us as a group back to the place of trying to pull and tug with you and and drag you to the place where God, we see God saying that you need to be and you are, and you're fighting tooth and nail not to get there. Well, but the thing is, Mark, I will say this, and I'm going to say it in two different ways. First of all, recognizing that's a head or a carnal knowledge. It's not a spiritual knowledge. So a lot of us have knowledge, and that's how we all start out is, Knowing and reading, we know the Bible. We know even it is. I was gonna say, how does Lisa being a teacher? How do you instruct a child? Because even children, they'll act out in class because they're not getting some understanding of what's going on in the book. And so, basically, Mark, it's the same thing. So they have a because they've read, they studied, they learned, they know history, but the spiritual aspect, the application, the law. So when you when you see that. You need to see it from both the natural and the spiritual. And like I say, then ask the Holy Spirit, what do you do? What is it that you need to do? You might need to leave it alone. You might just need to make an observation for your own learning. You might need to plant a seed. Sometimes you might need to pull and tug. But again, all that needs to be left at the discretion of the Holy Spirit. Right. But right. I'm saying that I, I'm saying that Mark may not have recognized that because it was the fact that I was only accepting the fact that there was history and word knowledge versus the knowledge of the spirit. And I'm saying that that's somewhere where Mark can grow and see it from both sides of the spectrum and look into the spirit versus being frustrated from that which is carnal. Gotcha. Now I'm I'm going to ask Lisa this question. So now from a teacher's perspective, when you do you understand what we're talking about? Uh, I, I guess. Okay, my question is this: When you have a child who's struggling in the air arena, how what is your approach to get that child to grab hold of something that you see that they need, but they might even be fighting against? What What is your approach for that child? Say that one more time, please. I'm sorry. You, I kind of had some static. I want to make sure before I open my mouth that I understand the question. Okay, you from a teacher's perspective. Uh huh. You have a child in your classroom. Yes. Okay, and I'm gonna say this. A lot of times when children are acting out, is a lot of times it's problem because they're having trouble with the subject matter in hand. Correct. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, so now their their behavior is indicative because they're they're not learning something. Right. Right. So now right. they're strug they're struggling to learn something. Uh-huh. 
they're not now you might be teaching it in a certain way but this one particular child is not grasping hold of that in a certain manner so from a perspective what what tools do you use in order to get this child to be able to receive the material that they need oh well immediately he gets one-on-one instruction when the rest of the, the students are doing independent learning I'm pulling him at the back table with me so that I can go over it watch him see where he's having trouble and then attack it you know right right at the stage where he's having issues so we have to get some one-on-one time all students don't learn well in big groups so then what you're saying is, okay, the material still needs to be gotten, so I'm going to change the approach about how to give it to, to cater it more to the students so they can receive it. Of course. But, Sam, even with that, when people still have had one-on-one and, 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 and tutelage from the teacher, sometimes it's – and I'm speaking of the prayer line and, and some of our experiences here and I'm not talking about anything in particular, but I'm just saying that there have been some challenges where you have still have had one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, and we are still having the experience of I'm still fighting and kicking, even though I see where the deficit is of where you need to learn and I'm trying to teach. Well, and now- that's when it's, it's, it might not be, and, and that's what, thank you, love. Thank you, baby. That's what we talked about, you know, the other day that sometimes I, it was my mother. It was my mother. I just talked to her the day before yesterday, and we had, thank you, love, this discussion. Sometimes it's not ours to continue when that's happening. See, sometimes, we, we, you know, we, we, we have to learn when to let go and mm. when to turn it over. Mm. And that's the truth. Sometimes it ain't for you or me or other people, you know, anybody. I don't know why you put those hot clothes on. Um, to 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 do that, you know. Sometimes ours is to get it cracking, get it going, and then somebody else is supposed to finish it out. You know, when you get to a point, okay, let's go back to you know the thing with the student. When it gets to a point where I've tried everything that I could with the student, then. I might send that student over to Mr. Grant. Mr. Grant, you have to teach, you know, this same concept. How did you do it? Maybe you can. You have a different approach because guess what? You want to know something that we don't want to admit sometimes? Sometimes it's the dang on teacher. It ain't the student. And we've always, and I've always said that, um, you know, if if a kid doesn't get it the first time, second time, third it might not be the kid. It might be the teacher. And that's the truth. Sometimes the teacher, the, uh, the approach that the teacher is taking just does not work for that student. Maybe the teacher is getting frustrated. So, you know, the teacher starts maybe unwittingly snapping off on the student or, you know, something like that. Student shuts down. Student doesn't get it. Student has turned it all the way off. You know, it's hard to say. Sometimes it's you know tough to admit sometimes that 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 the teacher might be the issue because the teacher a lot of times wants to believe that they got it all together. It can't be the teacher because I'm all I'm here. 
can't be the teacher because I know. Can't be the teacher because I've been doing this for so long. Can't be the teacher because I'm having all this prep. Yeah, 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 it can be. It can be the teacher. So that's another consideration, and it's just hard to swallow that sometimes. I'm just saying. That's true. I agree with that, and I don't think that I, – I, and, and it – and I and I don't accept it to be for myself, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot of you know, and I'm just saying to say there's a lot of possibilities for why things happen in life, you know, for why why um you know things don't happen the way that we think that they should, or you know whatever the case may be. It can it's a com it can be a combination of factors. Because anytime you have different people coming together, whether it's two people, five people, ten people, thirty people, whenever you have different people, different spirits, different uh, personalities coming together to achieve any end, you know, it's it's always a interesting walk. Alrighty. It says, to live after the Spirit is a Christian's daily task. He ought to perceive that we can live neither by the noblest of feelings nor the loftiest of thoughts. We must walk according to the guidance accorded us through our intuition. The Holy Spirit expresses his feelings through our spirit's delicate sense. He does not operate directly on our minds, suddenly inducing us to think of something. All his works are done in our innermost depths. If we desire to know his mind, we should conduct ourselves in accordance with the intuition. That right there. The Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit. That's how it works. Now, as he talks to our spirit, it flows from our intuitive man to our soul. But God communicates with us through our spirit. All his works are done in our innermost depths. If we desire to know his mind, we should conduct ourselves in accordance with the intuition of our spirit. At times, however, we may sense something there without comprehending what it means, what it demands, or what it is communicating. Whenever this happens, we, commit, we must commit ourselves to prayer, asking that our mind may be given understanding. That goes right back to what Erica was talking about. When we hit that point where I know something, but I'm not quite understanding. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm not quite understanding, but I'm knowing. That's when you go back to the form that God has established for us to communicate so that our mind might come in connection, clarity with God's mind. Notice how he says God's mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. The mind of Christ. Uh-huh, yeah. At times, however, we may sense something there without comprehending what it means, what it demands, or what it is communicating. Whenever this happens, we must commit ourselves to prayer, asking that our mind may be given understanding. 
Once we apprehend the meaning of what we have sensed intuitively, we thereafter should behave accordingly. The mind can instantly be enlightened and made to understand the meaning of intuition. But abrupt thoughts which originate with the mind void of intuition ought not be followed. Solely intuitive teaching represents the spirit's thoughts. Only this should we follow. Okay. I'm going to read that last part again. The mind can instantly be enlightened and made to understand the meaning of intuition. But abrupt thoughts which originate with the mind void of intuition ought not be followed. Solely intuitive teaching represents the spirit's thoughts. Only this should we follow. So in other words, you get something and you know something, then what you're to do is to go and pray about it. And if the word of God is not back into the God's God, the intuitive would be based on God. It would never contradict the word of God. So now, if we're getting thoughts which are not intuitive or which are not based upon the word of God, then those are the thoughts that we need to leave alone. Going back in case of point to the guy Nate talked about who who followed this thought pattern all the time, and then, then the guy told him that spirit told him, "Okay, you need to kill yourself. Your you, your baby's here, your wife is done. You done all you need to do. Then you need to kill yourself. Go cut your throat." And the guy did it, and he almost died. They had to pray him back to life. Anyway, that's our lesson for the day. Questions, comments, criticism, go back. Questions, comments, criticisms, complaints. I find it interesting how you asked about complaints. Mm-hmm. If you got any complaints, I'm going to send them to Pam. That's my complaint department. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me forward you that number right now, sir. Ma'am, here it is. <laughs> is that office voice? I feel like I hear office laugh. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I was going to tell y'all to go and get that brother a pitcher of water because his throat ought to be dry. He's been reading so long. I took a nap and walked back up and still heard him all through my sleep. <laughs> mm, his spirit was receiving that in an inner man. But I had to get that, you know, with a day one on that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh. What's that? You trying to start up a cat? <laughs> hey, Arthur. Yes, sir. Do not lie about it just being day one, about you just having to get it. Because when you, it's a weekend and you're off, you still get it. So don't act like it's just your day one of your on vacation. Um, Slater, get behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not all of them. Like I said, I took a pack. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't speak this weekend. I really didn't. 
Well, I just want I just want you to know that I know that you have a love affair with your bed. I do. Okay, so you just can't blame it on the um blame it on the um on your vacation is all I was saying. Hey Sam. Hey Sam. Where were you going to? Like, I, I didn't, yeah. I don't know. Um, if you don't have any um complaints, I'm gonna get off the line. So you pray for me right now, cause I gotta go meet the one percenter today. I'm meeting his son today. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. I'm going to on Davis. Davis. Okay. All right. Should go say, should go say, should go start a gada. Should go say, should go start a grander than start a gada. Should go the gadra, should go say, should go sander the gumbrande go say the gandaka. Should go say, should grander go sadara go bosker the ganda. Should go say, should gandaka. Should go rumbrande go say, should go bonder go say yes, 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 father God. Horodish get the gumba sada. Yes, Father God, we praise thy name. We sadeke. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We speak life, health, strength, restoration. Continue to impart into this man of God those things that are needed so he can continue to flow in a mighty, mighty way. Help him, Father, to hear your voice in the midst of the chaos and the confusion. To be still, Father, because you are said for him to do such. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for connecting in his life. Connecting in all aspects of, aspects of his life. Connecting in his heart, Father. So he can truly rise up to be used by you in a mighty way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all later. Be careful. <clears throat> All right, who's next? I'll step up. Good morning. What's up, Nene? Huh, it's a nice, crisp air. Nice, crisp air. It's a beautiful day today. What's up with you? Uh, life, life, life. That's... Hey. You down here? He's coming down. All right. I'll give you the keys. Hey, you know that question I told you about yesterday? Uh-huh. Remember that question I told you about yesterday? Uh-huh. I would talk to a couple of people, and they was looking with, with question marks on their faces. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what people do. <laughs> and they said, I don't understand. I said, well, let me put it to you like this. 
if that was to happen, then I've already been confirmed. I won't be attending. <laughs> okay. I think it's Are right, you ready, Nene? Yes, I am. All right. that a book father god continue to increase in her life continue holy spirit to, to gird her up continue to bless her and allow your spirit to penetrate we thank you father for the anointing for the covering we thank you for the infilling of your spirit Thank you for the impartation of the word, the knowledge, the spirit of God that will cause a shift to occur, Lord. Continue, Father, to take her down the avenues, the highways, and the byways that you want her to go, Father, by you and become the fullness of who you've called her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Who's next? I guess you can pray for the complaint department. Oh, the complaint department decided to complain. Uh, let me see. Well, I'll pray for your family, but then maybe Davis will be to the truck. <laughs> All right, Lord, let me pray for her family. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Boras to the Gandaka. Continue to go to the Gandasaka. Up to the Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Continue to encourage us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, I got to switch phones. I don't know if Erica's available. You can pray for Pam while I do all this. If not, had to I'll do it when I get back, but I got our switch phones.
Pam, Eric, are you guys on? Yeah, I'm waiting for uh, Sam to come back on and uh, pray for me. He's switching phones. Is Eric on? No. Erica, no. No. Okay. All right, Pam. Um, well, I'll just call you after the call then. Okay. Lisa. What's up? Oh, that's that uh, what y'all do me. Y'all dismiss me. And you think Pam spoke to me? If she did, I promise you, your car drove over here in my dr- my yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember hearing Arthur speak to me either. Mm. All right, children. Now, Pam, you say hello to Arthur. Arthur, you say hello to Pam. Okay, I won't call the compliance group. Okay, you know I'm the complaint department, so that's not going to help you any. How you doing today, Arthur? I'm all right. How are you all doing, my love? I'm doing just fine. Mm, Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when was your last day, Arthur? Yesterday. Uh-huh. Right. You got me thinking about that song, Yesterday? Yeah. All my troubles seem so far away. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Now, how come my sister just sent me an email talking about a five that's coming to my to the school? Man, if you don't get, I don't care. He's African American, but he is getting a PhD in biology. Uh-oh. I'm not coming that way. I'll go next week and I'm not going to go go back next week and send the They're going to call me with you something day. But I'm going to be to I was asking the other press, Sam. No, uh, it's on you. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, wow. What the hell is that? Oh, my God. Alright. Well, let me pray for the children. Why this and the other? Um, his is clutter. 
here's a life, here's a stuff, flesh. But also with him, there's a willingness. If he sees better, he will do better. Now, seeing is not just seeing with the natural eyes. Seeing is also with the spiritual eyes, with the experiences, especially experiences because he's one that has to experience it. So if he will walk and do, then kind of like what we said earlier, he will see. So in his aspect, him seeing will because he's done something and he sees a difference, then he'll see and he'll understand and he'll accept and he'll flow. And see, that's where the patience comes in with you because you wanted to tell and do, but no, for him, he needs to see it, but him seeing it means he needs to try it out. But if it's forced down his throat now, like what Mars is talking about, he won't try it out or he'll rebel. That's just the nature of the flesh. So, Father God, I'm asking you for you to continue to work in his life so he'll be a viable and open subject to be used by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And now I pray for your father. Oh, Father God. Now, this one here, work of art. Yeah. I mean, some things are just so firmly established in him to get it out is is the situation. I see a religious spirit, self-righteousness, worldly knowledge and understanding regarding the scriptures. The rigidness, hardness, all of that is... Ooh. Wow. That's interesting. I was going to say all that is built up on top of his hurt, pain, and rejection. But actually it's because of hurt, pain, and rejection that he used to deal with that to help him cope with life. Cope with life is not to resolve the issues, but to to deal with it. But, again, he's dealt with it from a head perspective, which is, ooh, Jesus. I think what's happening, he's finally at the point of admitting that it ain't working. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I mean, I'm laughing. But, hell, listen, some of us ain't even at that point. He's like, you know what? I've tried this stuff for 40 years this way, and it ain't working. It's got to be a better way. It's got to be something more. And that's what God is really dealing with him regarding that. He he He's stuck. And, oh, wow. But you know what? Going back to what I just read about our spirit being able to give life to thirsty, dying men. He's thirsty. His spirit is thirsty. And when real water comes in, Aresia, that is able to quench him, that is able to quench him, he will drink. But it's the same 
as what I said with Tony. See, that maturity aspect, you got to know how to give him the water. You can't give it to him in Erica because Erica's going to hang up the phone on him when he calls. Like, you didn't call me back in but three weeks later. But Arisha has to walk in that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and that patience and love, that agape love that God has given you to walk in so that you may be able to rightly deliver the word of truth. So, Father, give her the strength and the patience to be able to do that which you need her to do as you continue to ready his heart to receive the word that is coming forth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Oh, we got Tony. Guys. Let's get Kenny. Rando go rumbo go rumbo. Did it get it? Got 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 it? Kenny, Carlos, Aresia, I mean, Tony, that now we can get to Aresia. I came down here to get my phone. Is she about to snarl and bite somebody or something? Whatever. See, that's why you got your friend tripping over hangers. Interesting. So we talked about that movie. Lisa talked about the high school football movie where the guy put the... Um, blindfold on them and made them do the crawl. And he ended up crawling like most of the football field when he, if he had had the blindfold off, he would probably only went 10 yards. Because God is forcing and kicking you out into arenas where you must respond and you make a choice. You understand that you must come out of your spirit. You're now beginning to tap into that. You're now beginning to tap into that potential, that capability of what's there. <laughs> so until you fully say it don't matter no more, he's going to keep kicking you. You're going to keep being presented. You're going to keep walking in that area of frustration until it overcome, you've exercised enough patience and faith to while now it's just a matter of, it's a normal custom of you acting in such a way. So Holy Spirit, continue to gird this woman of God up. Keep her, move her in all areas and readings as you increase in her life so she can become the fullness of who you called her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 No, oh, she didn't cut me too bad. No, not yet, but I will later. I'm not quite sure. Yo, I you promise you, it's gonna, it takes God for me to have to deal with him because I want you to know it ain't been three weeks. It's been going on two months. So I just want you to know that. No, you're talking about daddy dearest, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 
London. Brother Fozzie. You ready, Brother Rich, son? Uh huh. But Eric, are you gonna try and fix me some dinner next Saturday or something when I come down there for a minute? I'm just coming for Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, I'm gonna spend spend the night with you. Now, Erica, you know he's going to be on the expressway. Hey, Erica, and just keep right on driving. You know he ain't going to stop in and then go, I was in town. You didn't see me? It depends. Yeah, they don't feel in your mind. But come on, uh, 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 what's your name? There you go. I got you. That's what happened when they started talking, a bunch of mess. No, you said you wanted to press Brother Richard, and that what you said? Mm-hmm. I say you can go ahead. I'm going to put oh. some gas in my car. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, let me pray real quick before I go. Okay. You ready? <laughs> First of all, she got to find praying for me. I want you to pray for me, Sam. That's all right. You know what? Yes, she got a problem praying for me. I want you to pray for me. Hold one second, please. Okay. <laughs> Brother Father, here I go. Rambo Randogosation, I run to go Sarago, say this, Corabada to go Sada, Horambuski to go station, Ranago Sada, Horambrandago station, Ranago station, Ranago Sada. Thank you, Father God, Borandi to go say Buscara, the Gombos, Karadagandaka, Horandish Kurago Sanda. Ha. Strengthen, gird, increase, impart. Allow God to reveal to you those things that you are needing. Funny, you were saying earlier about coming in third because you got what you need. You are needing some things that only the Spirit can answer. And as we talked about earlier, the only way you're going to get that revelation is for you to go into the Spirit realm. So you need to communicate with God via the Holy Spirit. You need to talk in tongues until he begins to reveal to you the direction because, see, there is a certain path that he wants you to take, and it's unclear. But as you pray in the Spirit and asking for revelation and clarity, he will reveal to you clearly what you need to be doing. If you walk in yourself, you're going to be confused and frustrated. 
It is only by walking in the spirit you will have clarity and assurance that this is the path that God has placed you on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hello. We got cut off. Hey, Amen. Uh uh. Uh uh. I I I had a mute. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I know we're getting close to that time. I thought we got cut off. No, 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 no. Pam dog me out. You got about eight minutes. All right. Who else on here? One prayer. Yeah, I got my keys. Bam. Since she's the mm-hmm. CEO, can I can, can I complain about can I complain about the complaint person? Oh yeah, you can complain to her about it. Oh, oh, oh no, I can complain to you about it because if I complain to her about it, it's not gonna get off her desk. Well, I mean, we still got to follow proper protocol. So you complain to her about it, and she'll give me give me the information. Well, what complaint person expect to call? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you go ahead and call, and I'll refer you to the right department. This she abandoned me and love don't live anymore. <laughs> what did you say, Sam? I said, this is a recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're going to get. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Ooh, the complaint person is already sent me to the recording. <laughs> Yeah, let me get up here. Um, y'all, lift me up my lift my eye, or because my right eye, I thought it was a sty, and really it wasn't a sty. And then if something happened with my eye, my eye just oh, woke up this morning, just messed all up on the top and everything. But it's, thank God it's not under the lead. So mm-hmm. I can go put some heat on it. Optima. Some who? If it's a sty, put some heat on it. No, the sty is not. It burst. Whatever it was, oh, it burst. Oh, okay. right. Thank God it burst, but it's still swollen. Mm. I've been suffering with these allergies and stuff. You know, I was mm-hmm. in grass or what have you. I've been trying to get out there working in the yard, and it just, whatever, just messed the eye up. Mm. But okay. anyway, but, but go ahead, go ahead. That's a complaint to the complaint person since she's recording it. <laughs> I'm going to pray for that lady Erica had on my, send me a text by yesterday, Father. Rumbo Kurandir Goseshi Goseshi Ranir Gorakomboskar Rakomboskar Rakandaka. Proskar Goseshi Goseshi Ranir Goseshi Rakosadaka. Muranda Goseshi Ranir Goseshi Rakomborandaka. Hotel Gosandeke Shirokomboskar Rakanda. Hokra Shirir Goseshi Ranir Goseshi Ranir Goseshi Rakanda. Father God, we praise the name of and I want to lift up Tony Amen. All right, who else? I might be here. Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer going once? Huh? 
Hi, somebody. Erica, I'm Erica. Morgan wants somebody to pray for Tyresa. She's sitting in the car with us. Somebody want to pray? Marvin got about a minute or two. You there, Arthur? Pam, you want to pray for Tyresa? For what? Want to pray for Tyresa. Okay. Hold on. Hello. Hi, Teresa. Hi. How are you? Good. Hi. Okay. Is it okay if I pray for you? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Father, we come to you today to lift up your daughter, Teresa. Thanking you, Father, for this child of yours. Asking you, Father, to to guide her steps, to help her in the decisions that she needs to make, in the way that she wants to go in her life, in the way that you want her to go in her life. Father, we pray that that she continues to seek you for guidance and direction. Father, we pray that she can feel your love and your presence in her life. Father, we just pray that she continues to lean towards you and to seek you first in making the decisions that she needs to make. Father, we pray that that you give her peace in her spirit and in her soul as she is dealing with the transitions of going from being a child to an adult. There is no book that prepares us for that. And we never know what's going to come at us or from what direction. But as long as we seek you first, Father, it should make the path a little bit easier. May she continue to remember that although she may stumble and sometimes she may fall, that it is all part of the learning process. And it will always be there for her. Father, we just continue to pray for her health and wellness, for the blessings that are going to be bestowed upon her, and that she will continue to seek you first, Father. Thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All righty. Anybody else? Ha ha. Hmm? Ha ha. Ha ha. Oh, you. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, let your sister pray for you. <laughs> Passing me off. No, dude. Never do that. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you got covered by all bases. 
Because, see, we all prophesy in parts, so I want to make sure you got all your parts. Anybody got a shovel in the bucket? <laughs> Some boots, too, while you at it now. All right, woman. <laughs> I don't know how much time we got, or we've cut off already. Um, probably about any any second now. All right, so we'll just wait to call back in. That's okay with you, because I don't want you to miss anything, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm just saying. Okay, so I'll sing a song for y'all while I'm waiting. While everybody waits, how about that? Y'all ready? Sing. Did you say you were going to sing? Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah, though. No, you really don't. I don't have to, but I think it would be beneficial for the overall nature and spirit of the call. I'm thinking not. People have already started. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.